Welcome once again to Top of the Pops. I'm here instead, and welcome with Oxygen. Ho, ho, Harvey Weinstein. It's been a busy few months yeah. for the film industry, Hollywood <laughs> and the world over since last we recorded. Uh, Sarah, mm. uh, do, you, do you have thoughts on the current world of film? Um, yeah, it's kind of insane, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were just so busy catching up with it that we just didn't have time for any podcasts. And or indeed politics. Yes, or, or anything at all. So, yeah, we're um, very lazy people. Um, this is true. Yeah, uh, well... I suppose I more slightly more truthfully, mm. I feel like um, films. It, it does feel like a lot of what's going on is very pertinent. I think. Uh, yes. You, you, like I feel like you can't not read the zeitgeist into films at the moment, which is quite interesting. It's interesting, but it's weird in that because uh, we were talking before we recorded about the foreigner and how oh, yeah. uh, we'll talk about that later on, maybe a little bit. But the foreigner essentially is a, a very current film and it mm. really feels like it's capturing the mood of brexit and the the weird resurgent troubles in the north almost with mm. the border issues and yet it was made probably a year ago mm, yeah, probably before yeah, brexit even happened thing. and it's it's mad that it's out now and that's, that's actually something later on i want to mention battle of sexes it is weird that these films come out accidentally mm. really yeah. politically pertinent even though they couldn't have known these things it's it's it is strange mm-hmm. uh, but yes hollywood has been busy making a mess and i'm dying for the oscars this year it's gonna be very interesting mm. like they can't joke about anything yeah that's everyone's it. off the list presumably for the invites yeah. uh, I said, what can they do yeah i actually i was thinking in particular for uh, baby driver that like mm. I, I wasn't i wasn't a huge mm. fan i don't think either of us were but at the same time i think it probably does deserve a nod for editing and for yeah you know there's, there's things that it did really well i assume it's not going to get anything at all which is kind of well, do you, do you think? I thought that too. I didn't think it would get an Oscars regardless, but if it's going to, I'm not sure if its chances are that hurt because it's getting a lot of nominations, a lot of nominations in the other like smaller critical awards oh, really? of the last year. Oh, okay, but it's also for like best soundtrack and sound design, and like there's nothing for Spacey, obviously. No, um, <laughs> but it is. It's still getting recognized oh, okay. amongst the kind of the smaller award circuit. So it could, if it's going to get something, it, I don't think its chances are necessarily hampered. Okay. Uh, I feel like mm. stuff like is it Suburbicon, Suburbicon, or oh, it? That yeah, one's yeah. gone. I, no one liked it anyway. But the stuff Matt Damon said the last few weeks, oh, yeah, he's yeah. torpedoed his own chances there. <laughs> Ditto. Who else? Well, Affleck hasn't been anything yet this year, really, apart from Justice League, mm. which isn't no. Uh, yeah, I, mm, it's interesting. It's very odd. Mm. It's very very odd. <sighs> I feel like I had a point, and now it's gone. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Uh, other big news <laughs> Disney bought more oh, of yeah. the world and are close to owning just everything now mm. so at last we can get our Star Wars Marvel Aliens <laughs> uh, what else is it about Simpsons yeah. crossover film yeah I feel like well no this is me being like oh I'm so prescient which I'm not <laughs> but I remember joking there that soon it will be like every movie the running time will just be introducing new characters and oh, then God. the end bye <laughs> and then the next movie you go to will just be a continuation of that mm, bringing mm-hmm. in more characters uh, and never actually any time for any plot but it kind of feels like that is maybe what's gonna happen i feel like it's already know. happening slash yeah. has happened a bit I, but I, I think marvel will probably be the biggest offender of that in many ways mm. but i think they're kind of getting out of that now as well because a lot of the middle movies felt like that whereas those holding patterns well here's new people here's yeah. more setup but now they're like, no, these aren't doing as well. So let's give them to weird directors like Taika Waititi and just let them do their own thing. And mm. it's loosely connected, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's a crutch for the next film to sit on. 
True. Though the next film does look like it will just be well, if if the trailers are anything to go from, it, it is was just a very good trailer. Ooh, but yes, <laughs> look, here's more people that you know. Lot all the people you know <laughs> yeah. together at last. Uh, <laughs> it's essentially that movie. Yes. Uh, okay, so I guess that's 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 enough lip service mm. to news. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty more politics talk and gender stuff to discuss within films. Mm. So reviews first, because you know it's the end of the year, so it's a different structure. Reviews first, and then we'll do our top tens in no particular order, because numbers are for sad people. Mm. Reviews. Uh, Sarah starts off with a nice little Irish film. Why don't you? That sounded very patronising. Is it? It's an Irish film. Oh, I've forgotten the name of it, but you told me a minute ago. There's, there's several, so... Oh, the, okay. Well, there's one you were saying for your top ten, and then mm. another one, which okay. is also... Oh, yeah, that which one, is yeah. also a really, yeah, really close. I think, yeah, this one is um, It it Tolls for Thee. Yeah, this is a documentary on Mary Elms, who was a woman who saved, like, hundreds of children during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she travelled to Spain to Rivesaltz, which was a concentration camp ferried hundreds of children out of the camps and hid them in very remote villages in the Pyrenees it's really really harrowing but also I mean just it's just one of those films that is uh, very very inspiring because see what, what what one person could do like she she was at one stage arrested by the Gestapo and mm. when she got out just went back to it yeah so she was just incredibly brave incredibly inspiring the amazing thing about this is that she was pretty much unknown until the last couple of years when she got um the oh, what's it called the, it's like the the Israel medal basically to recognize um non-Jewish people who oh, right, yeah. do like really brave work and yeah like she basically didn't want any recognition at all during her during her life so um is now being recognized even though she's I mean essentially like Oscar Schindler or yeah. you know any other individual like this so it's yeah directed by an Irish man Andrew Galmore. Yeah, it just just yeah, great documentary. I definitely recommend it. Cool. Yes. Is it is it still playing or is it gone what do you think? Um no, I think it was it was it was out for what was it out for the it was out for the Irish documentary film festival. Right, right. Um so no, I don't think it's gotten a, a general release unfortunately, but actually it seems to have been shown around some universities and stuff so mm. hopefully it, it, it'll get more interest maybe could we'll show up again. online maybe on netflix yeah exactly um, and definitely i mean if it's if it's on dvd i definitely get it because mm. it's just a really important story what was the name again uh it tolls for thee okay i'm going that one it does sound quite good mm-hmm. uh from from one woman battling oppression to another battle mm. of the sexes <laughs> came out uh this is emma stone's oscar please give me an oscar for this mm. year a more worthy performance, I feel, than what she won one for last. She won for La La Land last year, didn't she? Oh, she did. I think she yeah, did. That's that weird. was yeah. bizarre and unnecessary <laughs> and not called for. But this is a, a more worthy performance. Uh, so this is the story of a tennis lady. Is it, is it Billie Jean King? <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you, yeah. Billie Jean King. It's all right, Jonathan. We haven't lost our touch. Uh, yeah, Billie Jean King. And Now, I didn't know going into this that she was... Like LGBT, I assumed she was a regular straight woman. I did not oh. know she was. Is she identifying <laughs> as gay or bi? I'm not sure. Bi, I presume. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I thought she was gay, but I could be bi. Okay, sorry, sure. I don't know. In I'm any case, uh, sure. the film is unclear about this. Well, it's not clear. It doesn't. 
Way out too much. Alan Cumming mm-hmm. is there to be the camp friend who does a lot of camp things around her. Like, ah. mm, okay. <laughs> uh, I will say though, in a year, there's been a joke on Twitter for the last few months. This is the year of bisexual lighting because of all these shots from like Logan, Atomic Blonde, and ah. John Wick Two, and there's another one. There are all the the lighting is all kind of blue and pink, or kind of bluey, purpley pinks. Oh, and yeah. This film, to its credit, even if it unintentionally or not, has a lot of that production design in it, that color and production design. That's mm-hmm. a nice touch if it's intentional given that she's sort of of study fluid sexuality in this movie. It's quite good. It's quite enjoyable. I don't think, and this is a good thing, it doesn't really try too hard to make you think she'll ever fail. Spoilers, I guess, for history, she won. Mm. And I like that it didn't do a whole thing of, oh, it's down to the wire and she might lose it. She kind of wins fairly easily. Okay. <laughs> that's good, though, because that's mm, kind of yeah, the point. Yeah, he yeah. was an asshole that was just lying. Not lying, but just bo- kind of being boisterous and loud. Um one thing I will say is it feels very pleased with itself for its lip service to feminism. And uh. <laughs> I sense that, because this would have been shot, let's say, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, right in the prime of, this Trump guy is never going to win. Uh. Hillary's going to win. We're going to get our first female president. And I'm thinking, I keep thinking about, like, if this came out after she won, like, what a nice little victory lap for feminism would look mm, like. Because okay. Carell's character is a very easy Trump analogy. And she's a very easy Hillary analogy. But history going the way it did <laughs> it now looks horribly naive okay and just quaint like oh god like this is not the future we live in like it mm. feels like an optimistic film for a different timeline and it's just odd but it is enjoyable mm. it's funny Carell is good fun stone is large unrecognizable uh sarah silverman is very good in it mm. um doesn't actually see why i was convinced with charlie theron she turned out not to be charlie theron playing is it marjorie court Someone court yeah. that famous homophobic tennis player. Oh, okay. She was in the news recently because of the re- referendum in Australia. Uh, mm. I can't think of her first name, but yes, court. So she's in it. The second she came on, I kind of went, ooh, she's a bad one. <laughs> and she was. Uh, but yes, no, it's quite enjoyable. I just think that it's, it's unfortunate that the audience and indeed future they made the film for didn't come to pass. And mm. then it just looks weird. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. Yeah, I suppose actually just saying that like tennis is the sport that for misogynists quite frankly to go to because go on. <laughs> because there is parity in the big tournaments so yeah. like in, in in Wimbledon and every open like men and women get the same prize money oh, and yeah. this is why i mean i don't know if you've come across this it, it this really annoys me the amount of time men spend giving out some men spend giving out about the fact that women get the same amount of prize money but they don't spend as much time on the court because what? yeah i know it's, it's it's a load of rubbish and in fact it's only for some competitions mm. because in wimbledon women are, are only allowed to do only to play to three sets whereas men play to five. Oh, um, but a, a lot of the time mostly it's just uh three sets for everyone wimbledon is was set up before they believed women were like capable of x y and z so you know this is why anyway i know i'm just going on a big rant right now about no tennis. this is good <laughs> <laughs> but um like just because it because, yeah because there is this basically it's the one sport where there's a, some sort of gender parity has been achieved it really you know gets up the noses of people who hate women um so i feel like yeah if you're going to make a film about feminism and tennis it, it kind of needs to like really stick it to them it kind of yeah. sounds like it doesn't maybe enough uh yeah i don't think it does and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's still a nice enjoyable bit of you know easy win not easy win but like it, it's mm. it, it's it's a nice little comfort blanket of feminism that it's nice <laughs> and she well yeah, I mean, yeah. actually the whole plot is about 
her complaining that there isn't parity of okay. prize money and that's how it all starts off and then they mm-hmm. like disband from the whatever the official tennis union is in America that's not the right set of words <laughs> and then form their own one tennis league so yeah that's that's all covered in it okay oh, but that's interesting. I do I do think the Hillary thing must have been on their minds yeah, that's really yeah. what it reads like it sounds like um, it but yeah, no, it is. It's enjoyable. I didn't actually know that that was still a massive problem with tennis to this day. So, yeah. good job, movie. I'm not really addressing <laughs> that at all. Well, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, I, I'll have to check it out. It's interesting because there's quite a few tennis movies out this year as well. Are there? What else? Um, there was uh, John McEnroe and um, what's the, is Bjorn, Bjorn Borg. Those. That's yeah. That yeah. sounds like the the rough collect collectibles. Yeah. Levels. Um, um, yeah. No, there was. There's a film. Oh, there Child was. Film. Yes. You're right. Um, Sorry. I forgot so, that. So yeah. Didn't see it. Not no, going to see it. <laughs> I actually I would have seen it. Um, except for I just didn't get to it. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing tennis films now. The next one. <laughs> well, you're, you're clearly quite invested in the whole thing I and know much about it. Yeah. So <laughs> go forth and rant. Uh, will we do Death of Stalin next? I suppose. Yes. Let me just find my notes. Uh. Sarah, start us mm. off on Death of Stalin. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty much very close to what actually happened, right? Like when Stalin... I don't know. Okay. This is, this <laughs> I think is the, it this might a little bit of reading I did. Up, oh, um, very good. Excellent just, research. You love this on that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically, they were saying, I think it was the Guardian article. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Stalin did just die of natural causes and it did lead to his minions squabbling over who will, who will mm, take over mm-hmm. or even just what will happen next they kind of took something that wasn't necessarily that his not historic obviously it happened but like <laughs> not necessarily a deep historical um, spectacle and they, mm. i guess this is what i i Iannucci, is that his name yes. How do you say it? yes that is how you say his name armando yes Iannucci, Iannucci. yeah it, it's names are hard okay well even the names we know are hard to yes, say out loud yes. this is why we don't <laughs> this is why we don't try people but yeah that it was basically let's take this thing that kind of shouldn't really be a spectacle and make, make it a farce out of it yeah. yeah which is a cool idea it, yeah it's a nice idea for again like just taking one of history's monsters and mm. literally having him die in a puddle of his own piss mm-hmm. uh, i did I, yeah. I laughed an awful lot of this i really did enjoy <laughs> it a lot uh jason isaacs was fantastic mm. and terrifying yeah. despite yeah. having a heavy liverpudlian accent <laughs> the accents generally were very weird i kind of got used to it after a while yeah. but it was I, I know why they did it but it was such a, it was very jarring at oh, first that they're oh. all in russian and then Okay, why 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 do you, did they do it? Well, in my head, I assumed, but this is not having confirmed this. But I assumed it was because if the old Russian accents, it would look like some weird carry on thing. Yeah. And also, I didn't check this, but I'm guessing the accents they did on some level may have corresponded to the accents people had in terms of like he was from Liverpool, so maybe there's the equivalent of Liverpool okay. in the USSR. Oh. Like maybe that's where he was from. Okay. So like it's, it's sort of giving you the class background of mm-hmm. actually doing the class background or something. That mm-hmm. was my guess at least. Well, the what Buscemi is doing in that case, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, no, this um. <laughs> kind of breaks down at some point. But no, it is, yeah, it is interesting because I, I genuinely, it took me probably first five, ten minutes to figure out that we weren't in Britain in 1950. I knew we weren't, <laughs> but I didn't know who was playing Stalin at first. Like, is that okay. Stalin or is that meant yeah. to be a guy just doing a weird, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bob Hoskins impression? Like, mm. what's happening? Oh, that was Stalin. He's dead. All right, <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was... And again, given that it was based on real history and that was quite a dark time in history, it didn't shy away from being incredibly bleak and horrifying oh, yeah. and disturbing, but also funny. Completely. 
No, I, I thought it was just like I couldn't get over the fact that we're laughing, but there's also just people Genocide being happened. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I did find it funny, but I also found it really just mm. heavy. <laughs> but I think that was the point because mm. it's the same with um, in the loop, where you, you know yeah, it's, it's fictional, absolutely. but it's still based on the Iraq War lead up, and it's very funny. But I think Kermode said this, and I agree that it's the sheer blackness of it of yeah. the comedy is what makes it as funny as it is like if it wasn't backed up by this what you know to be real world horror it wouldn't be as funny so it's a mm. weird sense of release but also you feel guilty for laughing at it yeah uh, i did very much enjoy it, it jeffrey tambor who's also now oh, off the list because yeah. he's a bad bloke as well uh he was very funny in it though mm. and he was just playing george senior again rest yeah. of Element. he was playing yeah. that character and that was fine thoroughly enjoyable mm. uh yeah no it's it's good it's just don't go in expecting like a laugh riot because yeah. it is a laugh riot yeah. but you will feel <laughs> the wrong kind of laugh yeah you will feel <laughs> dark and guilty and ashamed <laughs> and dirty after laughing at it there's definitely some joke that's gone off my mind now where something horrific happens but the joke they make after it happens is so funny that it just it makes it all the worse but all the funnier mm. but i don't know but it's that yeah. kind of level of well there isn't uh, yeah i'm trying to think as well it's possibly not the same thing but there is a good few times where they're just about to torture someone or they finish yeah. torturing and they're like oh i didn't get to torture him anymore yeah and it's like, <laughs> what <laughs> or even like when they bring back michael palin's wife and it's oh, played yeah. for such laughs but like she was in the gulag for a year he thought she was dead yeah. like, this is so bleak yeah uh, nice to see Michael Palin there again. That was mm, good. Yeah, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Highly recommended. But just go in knowing <laughs> that it's not it's not a a clean fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose for a cleaner funner time, mm. Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Uh, so this is the the third Thor movie and the fifth Thor appearance. I want to say sounds good. Uh, essentially, it's its own film. It could not be an MCU film very easily. Mm. Taika Waititi just made. A very Taika Waititi film, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I think this is probably the best use of Thor they've managed so far, because I rewatched Dark World before this came out, and Dark World, despite having some jokes, is a very self-serious movie, mm-hmm. which is bizarre, given that it's a Thor film, because he's a magical space hammer-wielding man that lives mm-hmm. in a golden city with a rainbow bridge. So taking it seriously seems sort of like it's making the point. So there's the level of... Well, that's what I will say as a criticism of this one. The level of jokes threatens to break it mm. in that it almost feels like if they made Lego Batman and released it as part of the current DC slate, like it's that level of yeah. self-destructive yeah. humor. And it's great. Sure. And it's really funny, but it self-eviscerates to such a degree that it threatens to mm. undermine the very thing it's making a film about. Uh, I still laughed a lot. Um, I think Taika Waititi's own character, Korg, mm-hmm. Brilliant. Love him. I watch a whole film of him just attacking ghosts and trying to incite rebellions <laughs> without putting out enough pamphlets. And ah, oh, fantastic. Uh, given that it's me, I loved Hella. Like, mm. if ever there was a character seemingly brought from my brain, Kate Beckinsale, damn it, they're there. Kate Blanchett um, in like a skin tight onesie, just spawning swords and massacring hundreds of men while being very flippant and vaguely Australian about it. I was like, that's mm. so perfect. I love the headdress. She's ridiculous. She's wonderful. Uh, Sarah, say some things. Yeah. um, (laughs) You didn't like it very much. Or you didn't as much. Yeah, not as much. I don't think the humor worked for me that much. I really like Taika Waititi. um, But I kind of felt like this was a knockoff Fly of the Concords. I just felt like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I felt like the jokes had all been done better there. So I don't know. Like, I, I... I just kind of felt like, oh, I I prefer to be watching that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, like, I, I... think i was probably a little bit hard on it at first and i kind of afterwards was going oh there's actually pretty good bits in it 
what I really liked was um the Hulk in it. I like I think this probably been the best Hulk movie. Mm. Uh, which is not necessarily yeah. that difficult. <laughs> but like like I thought they did a really great idea rather than just having the him Hulk out and then goes destroy some stuff. We don't see him till the end of the movie again. Like this time was like what what would it actually be like if you were the Hulk for months on end? Mm. And like what what does that do to your psyche? And I thought they they made up a really interesting uh, character for him. That intrigued me a lot more than I think the main story did. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, the main story is pretty basic and mm. could largely be ignored. I think I just enjoy the humor of it. I like the visuals an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the soundtrack or the score was done by someone from some famous band. I don't know music. I don't know who it is, <laughs> but it's all very synthy and nice and good. Uh a source of contention for me with most films he's in is Anthony Hopkins in that I love Anthony Hopkins mm. but he rarely tries anymore <laughs> and this one is a clear example of he was quite game at first mm. and then they had to reshoot some stuff yeah. at which point he just walked in and just did not emote <laughs> for an entire day on set because you look at the initial trailers and behind the scenes stuff he was supposed to be in New York as some kind of weird hobo and that was all shot and there's oh. some great behind the scenes footage of him just looking oh, like having okay. a great time that's gone. And uh, now he's just standing in a field in Norway looking very sad yeah. until he becomes dust. Mm. But the first scene he shows up where he, when it's meant to be Loki playing Odin, I thought he was very animated and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was good seeing him there. Uh, Hiddleston, I've kind of soured a bit on, I think. Mm. Uh, his shtick is getting a bit old and he's starting to look quite old <laughs> to the point of him looking a lot like Tommy Wiseau in certain scenes yeah. and it was disturbing. That's, yeah, I, I saw a great comment on, I think it was on Twitter, it was saying, um, it's like, Loki is just genocidal and yet everyone forgives him and lets them come on his journeys. If that's not an example of white privilege, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's, it's very true. <laughs> to be fair, actually, I think one of the reasons that I was soured off the main story um, was because this whole thing about... Uh, spo- can we do spoilers? Oh, very sorry. Yeah, spoilers for everything. Spoiler. Just spoilers yeah, for absolutely okay. everything. Spoilers for Especially all. Star Wars. We have to do yeah. Especially oh, yes. Star Wars. <laughs> But you see, the thing is, the thing with their their long lost sister suddenly popping up mm. really like, reminded me way too much of that terrible episode of uh, Sherlock. Oh God! Like too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's actually a very good. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think think that was what like mm. kind of got me off to a, a bum note that's, at the start. That's very fair. <laughs> Because yeah, Cumberbatch is right there in the previous yeah. scene too. He was needless. He did not need to be in this film yes, at all. That was such no. a weird cameo. Yeah, and actually it did give the movie an annoying thing of let's go from character to character rather than actually proper character progression. But it didn't even have that thing that you were complaining about a minute ago whereby I felt like it was just setting up character for later, later films. Like he just showed up for a scene yeah. and was gone again. There was yeah. no need for him to be there at all. Like it was a funny joke of Thor falling down some stairs but yeah. that was it. Like that wasn't worth the overall scene having to deal with his weird accent for five minutes. Yeah. Like I don't right. mind Cumberbatch in that role but it does... Every time you hear it at first, like, oh, that accent just sounds so weird from his face. I don't <laughs> like it. True. Uh, did you read the various interpretations of this film as the whole kind of post-Empire, post-colonialism thing? Uh, yeah, I came across some stuff. They're pretty good. It. Like, I think mm. it's it's definitely in there intentionally. It's, mm. It is very backgrounded, which I don't necessarily mind. I think if they try to bring it too foregroundy, it might get a bit Zack Snydery and sort of mm-hmm. up itself. True. I think it's, it's nicely unpretentious that there is this very coherent through line about colonialism in there but it's just it's very hidden yeah and even stuff like uh i know taika watiti is very much about championing like aboriginal rights and stuff and mm. there's little things like all of the ships are named after australian cars and the color oh, okay. of the ship they escape on is the aboriginal flag colors and something so okay. there's all the kind of stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, which is cool uh yeah i really enjoyed it i 
think it's probably the best Thor movie. Uh, and I fully agree that it is just his humor style and his jokes that have been done before. But it was still weird seeing them done in like a two hundred million dollar mm. movie mm, with all with yeah, like yeah. Chris Hemsworth Absolutely. and the joke I always come back to, which I kind of saw coming, was to laugh at anyway. Was when. Ruffalo goes, okay, I'll, I'll be the hero, I'll be the Hulk, just jumps out of that ship oh, and just, like, yeah. breaks his neck on the bridge. And it's just, the, the music just stops dead. Everyone's quiet. It's like, he's he's yeah. dead. He's he's dead. Yeah. It's great. I actually, that I really liked um, yeah, Mark Ruffalo as well because they nearly did the thing of, like, making him slightly more slightly more unhinged mm. and made the, the Hulk slightly more rational. Yes, no, they did. Yeah, they and I re- yeah, I really liked that. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess that was part of what, why I think it was a, a good Hulk movie because they're, they're finally like, hey, we can actually do things with this really interesting yeah. dynamic. Um, Mark Ruffalo is actually brilliant. I really hope he gets to do more. Like, he's very good at comedy. He does yeah, super, I really uh, apparently a lot of the movie was improv, and I, I think his really? especially oh. looks. Oh yeah, like, there was a script, but allegedly like a good fifty percent of that film at least was wow. improv, which I think does show when you just look at the, the kind of jokes they're making, and especially Hemsworth and Ruffalo. Those scenes feel very improv-y, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it. I do enjoy yeah. Ruffalo a lot when he gets given a chance mm-hmm. to sort of go nuts with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So from from one film not starring Tommy Wiseau mm. to another film not starring <laughs> Tommy Wiseau, disaster artist. Yeah. This spoiler warning will not be on our, either of our top tens. Mm. Uh, I think I enjoyed it a yeah, bit more shocking. than you did, but I know you you did not have good thoughts of this one, Sarah. So yeah. take us away with some trademark hate. Yeah, uh, I, I I I wish I did hate it more now. Because I, like I. <laughs> You see, the thing is, it was fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I did have a lot of fun watching this, but I, I also hated that I was having fun because, like, it's not a good movie at all. It's, it's funny. What I don't understand is, it, okay, it's obviously ridiculous hagiography. Yeah. It's, it literally sets up with talking heads from, from actors and directors being like, oh, this is the unprecedented no one's ever done anything of this ambition before. And it's like, no, actually they have. It's, it's actually quite a small, self-contained movie. It's not... It, that annoyed me a lot. The talking heads thing... Sorry, I'll stop you yeah. to the top of that. Let's just go point by point. I, I fully agree. That was really weird. And I, I think if you went into that movie not knowing what the room was, <laughs> you'd think it was some great masterpiece the way they're talking yeah. about it. Because they're, they're sort of talking about it in a sense of, yeah, no one's done this before. Like, no one's failed this badly. <laughs> but they don't sound like that about it. They're talking yeah. about it as if it actually is a good thing. Mm-hmm. it's very odd and again that, that's also not true because many directors have failed this badly it's just mm. they haven't all got cult statuses like there's a lot of people that were just horrible monsters on set and made terrible films anyway yeah so absolutely. It, 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 it was a very weird opening gambit to go with yeah. I fully agree it was very odd yeah. like, I didn't know if that was meant to be part of the joke or not <laughs> like were they scripted like when J.J. Mm. Abrams shows like ah come on this has to be put on this can't be like a real thing you did yeah this is part yeah. of the joke right but it's never clear if it is or not no so. yeah Ugh. anyway sorry continue but uh yeah well i mean what annoys me is like they're talking about how yeah just amazingly magical and never before this mm-hmm. movie is but the thing is that the disaster artist is such a just generic there is nothing ambitious there's mm-hmm. nothing it's just a very tidy quite well, tidy-ish boring <laughs> like buddy comedy that like that's kind of it like mm. isn't it's like if, if you're trying to make something that's supposedly celebrating this like powerhouse why don't you do something original and exciting with the structure of of the movie that you're making i don't understand yeah that's the thing because people are comparing it to ed wood you seen ed wood no i wish i the had tim now, burton one um be like, it's no. probably tim burton's best <laughs> film okay uh and it's great because that's about obviously the making of plan life motor space which is the, oh, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. famous bad film of all mm. time and it's a very 
again, it sanitizes Ed Wood because Ed Wood was allegedly quite a bad bloke as well, like alcoholic and mm. you know lived a very sad life and whatnot. But the film makes him look like this kind of weird, wide-eyed optimist, and it, it's very fun. And that film is like I didn't know who Ed Wood was before I watched it years mm. ago, and it's still a really enjoyable movie, and it's very. It feels very complete, like everyone kind of has little arcs in it, and mm-hmm. it just, a lot happens, and it ends at a point of him going like, oh, we, we did it, we're going to be famous, and then the, the title card ends, like, you know, he died, a penis alcoholic ten years later. <laughs> so it, it's, okay. it doesn't try to sanitize it too much, but it also tells a complete and satisfying, well-structured, interesting, fun story. Mm-hmm. Disaster Artist, like you're saying, it's not that. It is just a very basic, bare-bones kind of movie yeah. that if it didn't have the room like if it didn't have those huge chunks where it's just yeah, remaking scenes yeah. from the room it wouldn't have really anything mm. as a centerpiece like even when you get to the end the credits where it just shows the side by sides like that was probably the best bit in it <laughs> it was and that's it really was. shit like that's just yeah, seeing yeah. a-listers do a pantomime of a <laughs> other movie like it's really it's odd yeah um and i just to steal my own joke from twitter i, I feel like it, it's weirdly pro-trump in yeah. that it's it's where I have written down. Uh, yeah, so it's, the end is all about how it's a celebration of weirdos, and mm. to my mind, it was a man with limitless money who just failed his way upwards mm. despite being a horrible misogynist <laughs> and utterly incompetent at the field he was trying to get into, and yet making it nonetheless. And mm. people are kind of going, "Isn't it mad that he got up there? Well done him!" Like that's mm. not the message I want to hear no. given last year's election. Uh, so that's depressing. Franco. If he gets an Oscar nomination, I wouldn't say it's undeserved. I think mm. it is a very good performance. Yeah, it is. And aside from yeah. close-ups, you totally buy it. It's <clears throat> Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Aside yeah. when you can see his face and can see that he isn't some horrifying wizened, mm. like, Emperor Palpatine-looking <laughs> motherfucker. Like, it's like, okay, that's actually a really good interpretation, yeah. interpretation of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mm. I, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I, I did laugh a lot, but yeah. most of those jokes was coming from the fact that Wiseau is such a weird particular character in real life that he's just funny anyway yeah that's the thing what's really frustrating about this movie is i think my favorite moment came from something which is completely stupid and also not true which makes me more annoyed oh no (laughs) (laughs) which is you know that um at one point greg wants to go off and make a a scene or an episode of malcolm in the middle well that didn't happen okay Oh, I'd heard Brian that Cranston, as that was true. Brian okay. Cranston was was literally just asked, "Hey, could you come and be in our movie and say these lines?" Like, so what? He, <laughs> he he apparently did have some sort of side project he wanted to be involved. Yeah. It was not Malcolm in the Middle. When I found that out, I was so annoyed. That is really exciting. I definitely <laughs> heard that one bit was true. So that's yeah, not true. God damn no. it! Okay, but here's the thing. I think. The, the line that I love the most from the movie is Tommy Wiseau, yeah. James Franco, saying, oh, no, forget about little Malcolm. <laughs> it's like little Malcolm. It's just, I love that so much. It's something funny, but it's made on just a giant pile of falsehoods. <laughs> <laughs> most movies are giant piles of falsehoods. Yeah, but like, this is supposed to be... I know Star Wars says a lot of time it gets far, far away, but it didn't, didn't actually happen. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Um... I know. I know. Yeah. I was overly annoyed about that, but I was really. I, I was quite. That excited. is annoying. That's very annoying. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know? know that wasn't true. That's that's genuinely yeah. irritating. Uh, I also was looking at that and going, did they, did they just use makeup to age Cranston <laughs> down, or yeah. did they do like the whole the Marvel weird technology where they make his face yeah. look really young? Because it did look very convincing, like a, a mid nineties mm. or what, late nineties, yeah. I suppose. Um, Brian Cranston. Yeah, mm, that's actually really yeah. irritating. I didn't know that. <laughs> huh, God damn go. it. Would you recommend someone that hadn't seen The Room? 
It's yeah, that's a great question. I have I really have no idea. Like I don't know how you'd approach it. Because you'd be so it. distracted by Franco's performance if you didn't know yeah. what Wiseau was like in real life. You'd be like, what is he doing? Like, what yeah. is this voice? What is this accent? That's it. I, but I wonder as well. Like I think as a character, he doesn't really make much. Sorry, I know saying he doesn't make much sense <laughs> is not a very sensible. <laughs> Uh, sentence yeah. in and of itself at the very beginning when he's doing the Stella mm-hmm. thing he's just balls to the wall but then later on in, in, I, is it supposed to just be like now the camera's on he's afraid to act because it, it doesn't feel like his character is the same <laughs> yeah that bothered me too actually I, I thought of that point you're right yeah that really annoyed me as well I was like why is he afraid to act suddenly because mm. the point was that he was this limitless vault of confidence yeah, that came from yeah. nowhere and just like he would scream things like yeah like, the, whole, the, the restaurant scene was, yeah, was exactly. I think Shakespeare in the restaurant mm-hmm. so yeah why, that's a very good point why was he camera shot all of a sudden and yeah. I think I'm not sure how much to an extent why so was involved with the production of this one but mm. I know obviously it's based on Greg Sestero uh, Sestero, Sestero. I, think, I, I can, I, can I could spell his name but I couldn't say it out loud <laughs> oh, yeah, you met him, I have met him yeah so did I he hit on you Sestero no because Saoirse met him too and he hit on her uh, oh I was there with Saoirse okay so he obviously liked her <laughs> <laughs> oh god what have I done um, <laughs> um, anyway so yeah I know he obviously wrote the book this is based on and has some kind of production credit or a writing credit or something and I, I guess why so would have had to sign off on it yeah see I'm wondering if they made this film in like 20 years time when he's presumably dead I don't know how long he'll live mm. if he can be killed <laughs> even but if they'd made this post his death they probably could have been a lot more eviscerating with it and they could have been a lot more honest with us like there's a mm. couple of scenes and the one that really stuck out to me is the one where they're filming the sex scene with mm. I forget what the actress's name is not the one playing the actress in the movie the actual actress in, in real life like, I know she played Lisa but I'm not sure what yeah. her name was um, but that scene's horrifying where he's mm. just being massively abusive and really creepy and yeah. sort of sexual towards her and it's just awful and dehumanizing and he comes across like the monster he allegedly was mm-hmm. but that's very quickly skipped over and even like at the premiere at the end like she's there in the audience she doesn't seem to just like oh that sex scene was so weird no no he like full-on borderline physically abused her in that scene like mm. it was yeah awful yeah. and horrifying to watch so i don't mm. know why the film like i'm glad they at least paid that lip service but i mm. almost feel like it would have been better if they hadn't because the fact that they alluded to it vaguely and then didn't follow through with any yeah. kind of comment yeah. on how bad he was feels almost worse than if they just entirely skipped over it yeah but yeah, yeah. see my I, I like. I think you're you're entirely right. Um, I kind of nearly had more of an issue with the Greg character. Yes. Because, like, obviously, as we're saying, it's based on his book, and it's to me. Well, I thought it seemed like they definitely were trying to flatter him because. Oh yeah. Like I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave Franco is a much better actor than <laughs> Greg was ever. Like, and and the thing is that most other most of the other actors are acting like the original movie but Dave Franco just isn't he's putting yeah, so had, much more mm. um, into it and like I, actually when I when he, basically I saw Greg at one of the um, the film screenings this is probably three or four years ago now but someone did ask him a question which I don't think he answered Greg's thing is like he's saying like oh I came across this crazy guy and I was like I have to make a movie with him it was basically his yeah. like nudge nudge wink wink like but the thing is no that's not how it happens because you don't just go to work for someone who is quite clearly maniacal <laughs> um <laughs> just for like the experience yeah greg is not a good actor no. this is presumably his only chance and he was probably pretty crazy himself 
<laughs> but even what you're saying there, that makes it sound like they're doing the whole history right thing, whereby now they're going, oh, it was always meant to be a weird yeah. funny film. Like, oh, yeah. No, but it wasn't. We all know no. it wasn't. Yeah, this is this is it. It does annoy me that, like, in the movie, Greg comes across as like, every man who, like, mm. we, we all want to be. And and it's just like, <laughs> no, you're, you're obviously a very, very strange individual yourself. And, yeah. like, the fact that you're still trying to, yeah, skew the, the vision, the, you know, the version of events, it's like... Oh, I just I hate the just the hagiographical nature of of the movie. Just mm. like they're 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 weird guys. Yeah, not just admit that. <laughs> I don't like them winning either. You know, I know it's yeah. only this champion of oddballness, but just even that last sequence where you see the premiere and mm. it starts off terrible, and then you kind of feel a bit bad for Tommy, and then mm. it's like, oh no, but they're all laughing and enjoying it. That didn't happen either. Yeah, like no, this, it, it they're basically going happen. through ten years of history, like yeah. a bit kind of failing getting rediscovered, becoming this weird cult thing, everyone enjoying it then, and then, like, screaming Tommy's name. Like, they're going through a 10-year cycle in 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Like, this is... I don't like this either. It's too easy of a win Absolutely, then. Absolutely, yeah. Narratively. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to see them try this again after he's dead. After yeah. they're both dead, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think I think you're right. They should have just... I think if they just made the remade the room shot for shot, I think that would have been more... I think that would have yeah, been that more... Yeah, that actually could have been interesting, yeah. Interesting, really, yeah. It brings that whole idea of, remember, like, the Gus Van Sant Psycho remake where it's shot for shot and mm. everyone hates that. But this is True. different, I guess, because if you're trying to remake utter shit with a big budget and actual stars, that's yeah. more interesting than just making, like, the most famous film of all time. Uh, mm. Yeah, they actually think, now that you said that would have been a better use of everyone's time and money <laughs> to just remake the room shot for shot with James Franco and all the rest yeah. of them. Uh, no, I mean, at <laughs> least... didn't, so no. there you go. It was, it was all right. <laughs> Uh, quickly, I want mm. to do Call Me By Your Name because yes. everyone is raving about this one. And to, for starters, I'm going to say it's not on any level bad. It is very good. I just felt like a robot watching it because I was appreciating why it was good without feeling a single emotion for any single frame of it. Uh, so it's set in the 80s. It is a, a burgeoning queer romance between what is in the novel a 17-year-old and a 24-year-old. On screen is a 17-year-old who looks about 12 and oh Army Hammer's age is never mentioned because I don't think anyone <laughs> could do that with a straight face if it's a 24. Army Hammer has perpetually looked about 35 mm. and this I think is probably the biggest sticking point for me. I, I've seen so many different people's opinions on this one and people I know, actually a friend of ours said this, um, that uh, she knows loads of straight people that loved it and gay people are like, oh, okay. but I know the other way around, I've seen the other way around oh. happen too, so I just, it's it's all across the board in this one. Um for me personally, the age gap was incredibly uncomfortable because Army Hammer full on looked like his creepy uncle. Mm. And that kid does not look 17. And, and this is the other thing I had an issue with. I'm sure this is probably fine in the novel because the novel has, has internal monologues mm. and whatnot. So you can really convey emotional arcs a lot easier than you can visually. I never understood their relationship. It kind of went from Elio seeing the kid seeming kind of cold and weird towards this older guy that suddenly just lives in his house and then out of nowhere he's like oh let's go for a bike ride alone I'll just try and like you know make out with you and stuff I was like what's happening why is this what <laughs> and it sort of felt like grooming because Hammer's character is sort of the more forceful element in it and it's it's later on implied that Elio was into it from the start too but was just didn't know how to you know Okay. talk about it or reference it or bring it up and Hammer was trying to give him an out to sort of let him know he's into it too but the way it's shot the way it's uh. framed it looks really <laughs> groomingy, and it, the, the the cinematography is intentionally voyeuristic and it's not necessarily meant to be of any one character but the fact that you have this 
kid mm. and you're shooting him in this really lecherous way it's odd and it really lends into the grooming thing and the uh-huh. whole film just didn't sit well with me even though i do think it's really well done and it looks gorgeous and it's well acted and the score is good and there's like the last sequence the last scene of the credits is genuinely quite emotionally devastating i didn't personally feel anything towards it but i can see why people were crying at it mm. like yeah this is okay good uh, the song choice, I think it's a, how do you pronounce that guy's name? Sufjan Stevens? Oh uh, yeah, Sufjan, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Young people, cool music. I don't know, I don't know the Muzaks. Uh, that guy, it's one of his songs. Um, it's very good. Uh, yeah, so it is great. It's just, I couldn't get past mm. that and I would love to see it with the correct age gap on screen. I think it'd be less distracting. It also has one of the worst sequences that I've seen in a movie this year. Uh, we'll talk about when we get to the top 10 I have a few little subcategories to go with but uh, there's a scene involving a peach I will try and describe it later maybe it's Ooh. horrible Ooh, okay. and gross <laughs> and disturbing and it, it just stops at the right moment before it gets really bad but whew, it was yeah. not a fun viewing experience that picture scene yeah it's funny the the one kind of thing I've I've seen some people you talk about is the sort of the weird a, a visible age gap mm-hmm. between them but it's funny that the sort of counter argument which is yeah well you know Mar- uh, margot robbie and leonardo dicaprio were like i don't know it's probably like 15 years between At them least, yeah. in wolf of wall street yeah. uh, or you know like the age gap between men and women usually uh, in hollywood or whatever and it's like yes <laughs> it's that's bad there yes, too <laughs> finally you nearly understand <laughs> i hate that oh. when people come so close to making the point but then they make the wrong point and go yeah. like off your direction uh yeah because that's exactly what mother was all about with like this is weird yeah. the age gap is wrong and yeah. it's not going to go no this is fine because even like bond films had that where it, oh, yeah. it's always a they, the whole point with spectrum is that oh they finally cast an actress older than the bond guy yeah. she must be legally dead this is madness <laughs> like no this is fine yeah uh, Monica Bellucci looks amazing this is a good thing they're doing oh no it's okay what's her face is here now to be the 20 year old oh yeah back to call me by your name okay so I don't like that the direction makes you complicit in Elio's kind of petrification. Uh it's nice fine I mean, it, this is happening more and more and I'm glad it is that there are these kind of gay romance movies coming out where there's no homophobia in it like there's no yeah, big yeah, plot yeah. element or arc where it's like oh I gotta beat the bullies or someone comes home with a bloody eye or something mm. and also this is would have been the year it's set in is kind of immediately pre-AIDS crisis, so it's nice that that's okay. not even really there as a specter or anything. It's just kind of, it's fine. It's just very wholesome, it's very wholesome aside from the <laughs> one thing we talked about. Uh, very rose-tinted mm-hmm. romance thing. That's fine, mm-hmm. it's good. I will say, and this is a thing I've noticed in a few films, I think the other one I'm thinking of was called The Way He Looks. It's about a, it's another gay romance about a blind kid. It's very good, but this is a thing that I'm noticing a lot with these movies. I don't know why every gay coming-of-age romance movie has to have a scene where the main character finds someone else's underwear who they fancy. Oh, no. And then masturbates to it while sniffing uh, it. Hmm. And like, if you put that in a movie between a man and a woman, people would ban it like you could mm. not have a sequence in a traditional traditional uh <laughs> a heterosexual romance movie where the male character finds a girl's underwear yeah. sniffs it and masturbates to yeah. it and you could not then still support that character you'd be like this is a weird person this yeah, is bad that, that is like the the weird pervert kid who like yeah, exactly. got hit in the head when he was a kid when he was a baby <laughs> or something yeah yeah and yet every not every but a lot of the coming of age gay romance movies seem to have it and i wow. don't like that trend it's Jeepers. it's an odd one yeah and it's really weirdly done in this one. Uh, like he puts the entire thing over his face and is like breathing it like it's a gas mask. It's uh, no. odd and it's bad and I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's a good movie, so you know, <laughs> watch it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> right, last review for our top tens. Yeah. Um, Who is it? Yes. Did you have more? No, I don't think so. Well, are, is it... What, what, what is the movie? I'm so excited. Star Wars. Star Wars, okay. <laughs> Do you want more for Star Wars? Well, no, I thought we might look at... Um, is Blade Runner going to be in your... Yes. Oh, so, okay, that's fine. That's okay, fine. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so some of the reviews will kind of be our, us reviewing them in the top 10, purely because we have to do a top 10. Yes. And also we haven't done one of these episodes in a while. <laughs> so reviews are happening during the top 10. Yay. Uh, so, Star Wars. Um, probably the most hyped film of the year. Mm. Uh the most hype for a Star Wars film? No, probably not. Maybe no. Phantom Menace. Well, even yeah. Force Awakens, perhaps. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say Force Awakens was more. Oh, well, just purely going on um, the the like midnight screening wasn't mm, as busy. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like it was, it was still a lot, a lot of fun, but there wasn't loads of cameras out. There wasn't prizes being given out and stuff. For, right. So, <laughs> so it didn't have sponsorship, therefore it's a failure. Okay, <laughs> yeah, going. Comparatively, uh, <laughs> uh, for those who aren't on Twitter, you should look up Sarah's. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know how you'd find it, but Sarah it's... went in costume as. A... <laughs> Tell us, Sarah, what was your costume with the screen? I was uh, Anakin Skywalker's uh, worst nightmare. As uh, I was sand. So and how was, did you how did you convey this through the medium of costumes? Oh, um, you know, it was took, it was months of planning, like, you know, lots of conceptual, like how how can you become oh, yes. sand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, thinking about the coarseness, thinking about the you know how rough it is oh, and yes. how it gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had a I had a placard, one on my front and one on my back. Um, with, oh, you had both sides. Oh, both nice, sides. Yeah, I know. Head, I really pushed the boat. So uh, the word sand written in, in sand. Uh, it's so. sad there was no prizes I'm sure you would have won something for that that is that is great uh, yeah. yeah all right. my friends put in much more work you'll see them in the photo as well look at and them yet, don't look at me who got called on Twitter by I a know, random person you did because you're memorable <laughs> for wearing a placard saying um, right so full spoilers from start to finish because oh, I yeah. don't think you can talk about this film without mm-hmm. saying everything happens in it uh, is it working with the story not really it's Follows on straight from Force yeah. Awakens. There's, there's, it's a Star Wars film. You know what it is. There's, mm. there's the good guys and the bad guys and lightsaber fights and blah, blah, blah. So I really enjoyed this, but I should clarify that I don't. As a kid, I never liked Star Wars. I found them boring. I found the idea of the whole destiny bloodline thing incredibly dull, mm-hmm. and just took any tension from any film out of it because, of course, Luke has to win. Of course, mm. Anakin has to win because they're destined by blood to win. Uh, this one, the reason I liked it so much is because it basically went no and dismantled the majority of the founding elements of Star Wars. Uh, this is great. This is wonderful. Mm. It's like one of my bigger criticisms of it is I think that middle sequence in the casino is totally unnecessary and yeah. weird. And yet, if you don't have that, you can't <laughs> do the final shot of the kid with the broom. Yeah, but which did, is did a you... really good shot to end on. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, okay, no, Sarah, go. Let's start. I don't know. I just, I just thought annoying little kid. You know, like cute little orphan thing is kind of a bit annoying. No, the kid was. I'm sure the kid was perfectly annoying. I didn't register the kid. It was more just the <laughs> message of what the kid was. Oh, uh, okay. All this yeah, Skywalker saga shit's done now. True. Anyone can be the force sensitive, okay. world ending thing. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah you've got like me that. convinced. Well done. Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the first hour I was not a big fan of. I, I think that whole <clears throat> narrative setup of okay, the ship has to keep flying slightly faster than the other ship mm. while we shoot it with lasers that don't work over distance for reasons because there's a vacuum of space. They shouldn't really diminish in power, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, when that was just killing time while Ray could be off having her arc with Luke, like, that's all I felt like it was doing. It was just giving the rest of the film mm. room to 
breathe while time just passed. But once she gets back into the main area of the film, I thought it was great. Like, once you get past... Once everyone's back in the same section of space and mm. then the story just starts moving, it actually is genuinely incredible and mm. visually amazing. And I didn't know where it was going to go. And that's never yeah. happened with a Star Wars film before. Yeah. Like, when, when they killed Snoke, I was like, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> that's amazing. Well yeah. done, movie. Uh, it was just so callous as well. Like, just, his body oh, yeah. just floss. Was like, oh, right, he's, so, he's dead. He's very dead. And I love the fact that they basically went, hey, J.J. Abrams, fuck you. Because <laughs> I'm sure... Some of those elements were in Lawrence Kasdan. Is that the guy that wrote The Force Awakens? Oh, I think it right. is. He wrote, sure. he wrote Empire as well. I think it's Lawrence Kasdan or Karsdan, something like that. It's roughly those syllables. <laughs> uh, I'm sure his script had some of those elements, but it did feel like very much Abrams' fingertips mm. all over Force Awakens when it was like, okay, who's Ray's parents? Who is Snoke? What happened mm. to Ben So? Like, it's all mm. this mystery box shit yeah. to hate. So this moment, no, Ray's parents are no one. Snoke's is dead. Don't worry about him. And just undid everything. Like, even the first meeting of Luke, like, the last of Force Awakens is this big, very pregnant-looking uh, Hamill's face of, mm. like, what does it mean? Is he happy? <laughs> is he sad? Who knows? And then he's like, no, I came here to die. Leave me alone. I want to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, <"All> right. <laughs> um, so, yes, I loved it, but I understand fully why the backlash has happened. Okay. I, I think it's sort of very precious of them to be like, this has killed my childhood. Get over yourselves. Mm. But I do understand why the... The maniacs who really love Star Wars are very sad right okay. now. Yeah. And that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I should preface it as well that I I like Star Wars, but yes, I am also just I have no like you know, loyalty or attachment mm-hmm. to it. Like I, I think I saw I saw saw the movies for the first time when I was like maybe my mid-teens so like yeah, it, okay, yeah. do you know it, like it was now it's never it's a good time to see them though because yeah. you're more objective about it yeah that's it so, so i mean like i think they're objectively entertaining movies mm-hmm. like i i like the the, the force awakenings awakens honestly the, i kind of just prefer to watch them as movies rather than mm-hmm. as star star wars movies and i think this is the best movie that that they've made in a long time yeah, I'm not really agree with that. I'm definitely just so happy with how many female characters are in it. I know, like, ridiculously so. Like, I know it's not as it's not as good as a movie as it is playing in my mind right now. <laughs> but like, I'm just I'm just so happy that it happened. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's nice. <laughs> like, I know people feel like it's a, it's an enforced gender quota thing. I'm gender, but general diversity quota thing that Disney mm-hmm. are doing. Like, look, even Spider-Man: Homecoming. Like, the secondary cast are so almost clinically diverse and playing is great and it mm. is nice seeing so many different not white people yeah not white oh, men just, just on screen it's great lovely. it's great <laughs> it's <just so> uh, <laughs> i do agree that it was nice seeing all these women doing doing things <laughs> and i suppose this is probably a study i fault the movie itself because the whole point the whole theme of the film is failure like every mm. single character fails yeah. and set of goals yeah. I did get a bit annoyed when it turned out that Ray. Okay, so on the one hand, I'm really happy Ray is a no one. I'm really glad her parents Ooh. aren't like Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. I was like, well, I, yeah. well, I do have a question. This yes. is, was going to be my question for you, which is, do you believe Kylo Ren? Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I do believe Kylo Ren. <clears throat> However, I fully also believe that that is so open to interpretation or so easily retconned that should the backlash get too loud for Disney, they will mm. absolutely retcon the shit out of that in the next one. Okay. I hope they don't. But I do, for the moment, think that he was saying the truth. And because he even said, like, she knows the truth. So, so she... Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, no, no, I'm, I'm fully agreeing that it's it's left incredibly vague. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wholly intentional because they were like, this could go very sideways on us if we say that she's no one. Mm-hmm. Given that the whole thing about Star Wars is always everyone has to be someone. Mm-hmm. Like the prequels started that shit where everyone had to be related to someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad they did away with it. But I do fully realize that the second this backlash gets too loud for them, it starts costing them money. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see what the final total for this is. Because I know the mm-hmm. opening again did amazing money. But that doesn't mean anything because just so did like Batman Superman. And Force Awakens did like two billion overall. Mm-hmm. So if this one can't crack two billion, I sense they'll go, okay, let's pull it back for the next one. Oh. Make it the most generic fan no. service of Star Wars. Yeah, no, I hope they don't do that either. Um, so though not yes, I'm very glad that she turns out to be a nobody and mm. that she just did all this of her own steed and like it's no genetic bloodline, vaguely fascist shit happening. Good. Mm-hmm. Negative. Um, a lot of her time in this movie is sort of just in service of Kylo Ren's arc. And I mm. didn't... I, I suppose this is more for the first half of the movie again, where she's just on... <laughs> Skellig Michael, what's the actual planet called? Act oh, 2 gosh. or something like that? <laughs> Skellig Michael. And a lot of her shit is just sort of pushing Kylo's narrative forward mm. and pushing Luke's narrative forward. And she's mm. very willingly just sort of a vessel for them to have their their own arcs okay. with. And that annoyed me. By the end, it was fine because she was back into it and she actually had stuff to do and she mm. was narratively kind of had agency and stuff. Um, so it kind of rectified itself in the end. Rose, I enjoyed a lot until the end where she made her suicidal, out of nowhere romantic love lunge <laughs> to save Finn's like, okay, why? Yeah, it's and a bit disappointing. I, right. I'm glad she didn't die though. I was like, oh God, oh, they're no. going to kill her. Oh no, yeah, no, this this was actually... That was a like deal breaker for me. If, yeah, if she had died, it's a zero out of ten. I, I was out. Um, I'm, 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 I was so very glad. Which it, it shows how much that movie is toying with my emotions. Oh yeah. I oh, speaking of that this. though, uh, let's talk a bit where Leia almost dies. I almost oh. had a fucking heart attack. Oh I was like, God. no, no, they cannot. That's I the know. worst way to do handle the situation. I know. And yeah, I think someone else said this, but like this, the screen that we were in it was just like deathly silent. Oh no, same. Yeah, yeah I saw opening night. It, it was the exact same. Amazing. <laughs> That was oh. one of I have never I haven't been that scared during most horror films yeah. just because like I'd read so much stuff where it came out about what they did with Carrie's footage like because mm. I know they cut some stuff out but they cut some stuff out from everybody because it's like half an hour the scenes okay. this was three hours long at one point um, so there's definitely some of her stuff in the cutting room floor but I know because the backlash to Rogue One they went okay we're not going to CGI or into the, the last one mm-hmm. so I was in my head going okay will they wrap up her arc in this one then if they do she has to die on screen in some way yeah and because when the trailers came out and you see that bit of Kylo targeting the bridge and he doesn't fire and I was like oh that's a good moment because his mother's there he likes mm. her and stuff and then <laughs> their TIE fires just fire missiles and blow I was like oh Jesus was that, <laughs> was that a reshoot from the end are they going to kill her off like this yeah. holy fuck and but then it goes on for so long of her just dead in yeah. space. Like, it doesn't immediately cut to her doing her stupid Superman powers and flying back in. <laughs> like, it's all a minute or two before that happens. So I, was, yeah. I was sitting there going, no, you can't do this. I know. Imagine killing her that way. Oh. In one way, I think she'd kind of love it, though. I think Carrie yeah. Fisher would have laughed her ass off Probably. if that had been how she died in those movies. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus. Like, my heart was in my mouth. I was terrified. But thankfully, yeah. she didn't die. She was in a coma for most of the movie. <laughs> Um, but even still, like she had some good, some good scenes, mm. and I, I did like yeah. what yeah. little arc she kind of had in the movie was pretty solid. Mm. Like I'm guessing they're gonna have this killer off off screen between the next two, possibly. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, it actually was really nice scene, just the symbolic of like passing it on to Laura Dern. Yeah, just, who also know, like, then was... dies. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Like I think what they did with her was just like absolutely what they needed to mm-hmm. do. It was it was really well done. 
But I wonder, they must have thought about when, yeah. when she actually died and they had this whole arc in their head, not arc, but this whole scene in their head where she gets blown into space and she's like, Jesus, so can we still easy. do this? Because, like, that would have no tension for me if she was yeah. still alive in real life. The fact that she's dead, I'm like, oh, they could actually end it here and now. This could be how she dies in yeah. the movie. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, so that was horrible. Um, yeah. I'm glad that there was basically no C-3PO in it because I hate him as a yeah, character it, so it much. Yeah, it felt like that was Ryan Johnson's intention. Oh, it... I hope so. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, though, there was a lot of porgs. Not as much as I worried mm. there would be. And they were largely not that annoying, but they yeah. were still kind of annoying. Yeah, I, there is potential for them to get very annoying. All right. Yeah. Um, I suppose the first time you see them, though, they're, they're staring at one of their skinned brethren being smoked yeah. alive on a spit yeah. and crying. I was like, well, this is actually really... <laughs> fucked up actually <laughs> about it. yeah yeah um and then oh the, the visual of mark hamill milking that giant weird yeah land no, cow whatever no. the fuck you call it i what, horrible what annoyed me even more was the little dripping bit of milk on his beard <laughs> i wanted to puke <laughs> that too but actually because the skelligs are not big enough to support land mammals of that mm. size but were they oh. sea creatures because they just, they were, just like, they were like weird skin or hairless slots that just <laughs> i presume crawled from the ocean and then demanded to mm. be milked because it seemed like it was enjoying it, it. yeah it, it it was so weird and then it seemed like luke I was mean, enjoying horrifying ray with that fact because the look he gives her as he drinks yeah, that milk and it dribbles true. down his big gross beard yeah like, disturbing stuff Did, wasn't a fan <laughs> Well, and was it just sort of like a joke about the blue milk from like the first movie? That's that what it? I thought, but it's a different color milk again. And okay. it's also, I don't know, like, yeah, that's, is that no, his daily routine that he really was... aggressively milks this thing and yeah. then like looks very sternly towards something? I don't know. And I don't understand how he fishes those fishes either because that's, he had a big was... long spit. How does he get the fish up? Yeah. Just like, yeah, just movie strengths, I guess. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I have questions. I, um. I, I did like that se- that whole sequence though because just because it it is a very magical interpretation of what monks' lives would have been like. Mm, yes, no, there's a lot less. Um, <laughs> it's like what do you call that thing you do the the stick jump? What's that thing called? Uh, you have a big long stick and you like throw it in the ground and like you bounce over a thing. Okay, like yeah, you basically yeah. did that with the fishing yeah, pole. Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. that and the the, the the I can't the milking the, was so the weird. The milk was it was so weird. But uh, I don't know. It just. I, I don't know. I guess it just felt like it did have like an extra nuance to us Irish folk. And that was kind of nice. <laughs> well, literally the Porgs are our fault because there yeah, are puffins, puffins around there puffins. and they couldn't edit them all out so fuck it, just yeah. make a new character and that's, yeah. they live there now. That's it. Uh, <laughs> now along gonna... with the weird mammy mice people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those that was weird. Very Funny strange, comic relief, but I again, but I always just, question these things. Like, yeah. well, how does this work as an actual habitat when you and see these things? Is, and, like, where does, like, indentured servitude come into this? Yeah. What agency do these animals have? Yeah, it's not great. Actually, speaking <laughs> of Thor, though, did you think this was too jokey? Um, there were a lot of jokes. Yeah, there was a lot of jokes. But most I, of them I worked. enjoyed them. Yeah, I did most of them. I think I was them. okay with them. Yeah. Uh, like, little ones, I know... Force Awakens also began with Oscar Isaacs making a funny joke to a bad guy moment. I mm. thought the one here was a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Remember the whole thing of can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, like, this, is, this is weird. Yeah, that was a bit weird. All right. Uh, I did I enjoy Don Gleason though. Were you going to say sorry? Go on. Yeah, go I was going to say also something put me off very early on. Yes. Did you see it? James Corden? Was it actually him? I'm not sure. And he Doesn't he say, die immediately though? He does die immediately. Uh, <laughs> and apparently he's remained silent about I it. I it was him then. But yeah, but this is the thing. I was just like, oh, this has possibly lost me already. <laughs> I'm not sure. It won me back, but it was yeah. a bad early moment. 
but they've been doing that. They did it for Force Awakens too, where because um, Gareth Edwards actually is in this one too. Gareth Edwards is one of the guys. Remember the guy? Remember that bit where for some reason the guy tastes the salt and goes salt. Oh yeah, I don't Ew, know what the scene was that for. Was gross. But it wasn't as gross as other bits. But that was yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> the milk was worse. It was. It was. But, but still, the guy like, beside him was Gareth Edwards. Uh, uh, okay. But then also Tom Hardy's in there somewhere, the Stormtrooper, uh, and so yeah, was Gary that. Barlow of Take oh, That. Okay. Because I think it was nice of Force Awakens <laughs> when Daniel Craig was there because you knew it was Daniel Craig because it sounded like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Tom Hardy was just, I guess, voiceless as a Stormtrooper right. somewhere. Which okay. was disappointing. Mm. Um, but yeah, sorry, Donald Gleeson. Uh, a lot of yeah. fun. Mm, yeah. He's a lot more comic relief than he was in the last one, <laughs> which I don't know if I yes. mind that much, but it does feel like a weird <laughs> rewrite of the character. Yeah. He seemed sort of like a serious Nazi back in the day in the last one, whereas this one's a bit more... He's just this weird, sniveling, groveling, grand, bizarre character yeah. who kind of sits in the background plotting to kill whoever's on top of him mm-hmm. like i don't know i did enjoy him he was fun but yeah it, it it did have that sort of thor ragnarok line of have they just broken a character for say comic relief yeah. but again it was funny and it worked so was it justifiable mm. i don't know uh mm. but he was fun um what were your thoughts on yoda i don't know if i bought it yeah <laughs> yeah i was talking to a friend who yeah who was saying like the kind of two parts that he would have probably gotten rid of were the the whole casino thing and then the yoda sequence mm. is like a, i suppose the difference is like yeah yoda was maybe just a bit too like fan servicey or something i don't know it was just more that i don't know like tonally it felt weird having him there because mm-hmm. he's I, I like that it was a puppet this time and not cgi mm. i'm glad they actually got like frank oz to the voice and stuff like that was all nice but it just well yeah i suppose for one thing it felt like a muppet being there talking yeah. to him very, very important not very but somewhat important scene yeah and i i guess also like Okay, maybe it was originally a Jedi stronghold, but mm. it's like it's not like they've gone back to Yoda's home planet or like yeah, there's no kind of real reason that he would suddenly turn up there. No, maybe. Force ghosts just do. What they yeah, want. I mean, I'm sure there's a, a excellent reason I can't think of. So, <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts on the big fight scene? Like the, the one between one. Luke and Kylo or the one between Ooh, actually, Rey and Kylo and the Imperial Guards? Okay. I, so I was thinking of the Imperial Guards one, but both um, interesting scenes. <laughs> they are. Okay, the Praetorian Guards one first, I I couldn't have loved it more. Uh, for one, just the way they killed Snoke, I just yeah. was so mm-hmm. nice betting it. And even though like they're still adhering to the rough structure of the original trilogy, so mm-hmm. same as, that was the same as scene as the Empire, the scene in Return of the Jedi with the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Whereas the same trying to tempt Luke here mm-hmm. was a Snoke trying to tempt Rey. Uh, but the fact that he just killed him in the middle of it was great. And then the second they both stood back to back with that series out, I was just like so fucking on board what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that's the stuff I love in Star Wars. I love the universe. I love the mythology. I just think most of the films are kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was always bigger into the video games and the movies. Mm-hmm. So that kind of crap is much more my speed. So I was like, yes, this is, this is amazing. I'm so happy. Uh, I was disappointed that Snoke's walls were just carpets or curtains. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was a big, weird, like red glass thing. No, uh, yeah. just just big, big drapes <laughs> that set on fire. Yeah, it's such a weird like room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that scene was very modern action film. Mm. But well, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was. Uh, like it was quite old fashioned in some ways okay. by the way they're fighting. What, why do you not like it? Or? No, no, no. See, this is my thinking, and I don't know if I'm just yes. off the wall here. I basically think that that scene is the like. 21st century version of <laughs> making out in the waves as like <laughs> Go symbolism. On. <laughs> like basically, I think that is. Oh, that was a sex scene, you yeah. mean? But like, oh, right. Okay. Like, because, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> because I genuinely feel like that is as close as we're going to get. 
I mean, I hope so. Uh, I, no, I hope so too. I like Adam Driver is a weird looking dude, and um, <laughs> I didn't. I agree with Ray when she was like, "Please put on a shirt. This is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like his weird, realistic body." <laughs> Because like we're so used to seeing like people that are like sculpted in movies, I don't like that either. But it's much weirder seeing someone who's just like naturally quite muscular. But it's just these. Oh, he looked weird. He didn't like it. This big wide man big with a little stupid emo head on him. It just didn't look good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. If that's a sex scene, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, have you seen Three Hundred Two? No. Okay. I, you should watch that just to see okay. the 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 fight sex scene between Ava Green and what's his face. And see how it compares to the okay. <laughs> Kylo and Rey versus the Praetorian Guards. Okay. I will watch that scene again in a new light, is all I'm going to say. Right, I had good. not thought about that at all, but kissing in the waves, right. <laughs> you, should, you should trademark that particular now. That's very right. funny and it's great. And I had, Jesus Brilliant. Christ. Uh, <laughs> so by extension, were you going to say you had a similar point about the Rey, or the, the Luke-Kylo fight? Well, it, it, it sort of is making me... <laughs> I mean, it was basically coming by your name, but just, you know, with lightsabers now. <laughs> yeah, no, it is sort of making me reconsider all lightsaber fights now. Well, I mean, that's the truth of every sword fight yeah, ever. Like, yeah. it's all just swinging dicks. Yeah, but, yeah, is it? So it's probably a bit far. But no, I don't know. I, I like, I genuinely, I, I absolutely love the reading of Kylo Ren as toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just see that whole thing of him, them basically, yes, getting together, but then him, like, gaslighting her so much that she actually just goes yeah i have to get away from you right now so i don't know i just i really oh, like that okay. reading of the movie um but i don't know if i'm just like going a bit too mad with it either i, I don't necessarily i mean for someone who doesn't care about star wars it does feel like a very fanfic you really have <laughs> true <laughs> but no i think it's it's valid now that you've said it, i hadn't really i really hadn't thought of it in that light but yeah all right so by the gaslighting, do you mean the bit where he explains her parentage? Yeah, yeah. That's why you think it's a lie. Okay. That's what, yeah. And like, um, I, I also totally agree. It it probably is what they'll go with in the end. Like, mm. Even just the way he said it, he was like, they're, they were like basically garbage. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, it just, it, it makes me think that even though it probably is true that Ray isn't necessarily a Skywalker or anything, there might still be more to it. Potentially. Uh... So I don't know. I'm just thinking, again, even just the last bit when they're both trying to grab the lightsaber and they're both, like, straining and grunting <laughs> and then there's a big explosion and everyone passes out. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah all right. That's, all that's, right. that's, that's, that's a climax. Uh, so as for the Luke-Kylo fight, <laughs> did you see the twist coming? No. Either did I, but I was like, why is his hair so much shorter and darker? When did he have time? <laughs> Someone online made the that's joke of it. Point. It's that monorail joke. <laughs> I shouldn't have for a haircut. Like, yeah, like, where did he have time to do this? Because um, it was bugging me. Like, how did he get in here? Mm. Why did they not see him enter? Where's his X-Wing? Yeah. Why is his hair shorter and darker? Like, why did he dye it? Like, mm. do Jedi have hair dye? Yeah. Many questions. <laughs> um, but it was a very satisfying way of concluding that. Uh yeah, the whole sequence is great. Mm, uh, no, the the yeah, score on the sequence special was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was a fun scene for hooks, but it, it, it was a, also a very comic relief. Uh, I enjoy, I actually do really like Kylo and Hooks as a buddy team of just bad Nazis. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Nazis are like that, you know, be happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed that fight an awful lot. Because I, I think they couldn't have gone the prequel route of having like Luke show up and do all those awful CGI flips a la Christopher yeah, Lee yeah. or something. Um, that would have been terrible. So having mm-hmm. a very traditional slow lightsaber fight yeah. made a lot of sense there. And mm-hmm. also the twist of him not actually being there made a lot of sense. Because uh, mm-hmm. realistically, Luke would have been killed in a second. Because mm. Kylo isn't that well-trained, but he's still younger and would be able to do... He'd be able to kill an old man very quickly. 
Um, I also really liked the way they showed the flashback of what Luke did to Kylo. Yeah, Because you yeah. see it from Kylo's point of view first. And mm-hmm. even the way they light it, like, Hamill looks deranged and insane when he's coming mm-hmm. at him. And then you see his version of it, and he looks much more loving and nice. And I like that they kind of skew the subjectivity of it. And, like, no, this is sort of... This is what happened, but, like, who you believe is kind of up to you. And it's like, mm. yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, yeah. I just like overall just how the film just very much played with the established mythic tropes of Star Wars. And yeah. No, they're all bullshit. Yeah. No, um, it, it, yeah, it was really good. It was it was really good the way, like, it, it kind of just, it, like, in a lot of ways it did riff on even just The Force Awakens. Mm, but it mm-hmm. still just made it a lot more clever and just subverted your, yeah, yeah. your expectations. I, I really like the fact that the opening story where um you have this like woman who is sacrificing herself for like basically she's the only bomber left yes, or whatever yeah, yeah. and basically she has to let herself die to ensure that all the bombs explode and um well, i was first of all so pissed off with that because i was like if they're getting they're like oh look look the minority here to save the day now we can focus on the white guys yeah yeah, yeah. I, like i was i was genuinely so annoyed and so then when her sister came along very happy about that and i think the movie just kept doing that oh, like especially with laura during you know this whole i thought she was going to just be this like tight ass who, ineffective like, bureaucrat yeah, yeah. yeah okay admittedly her story not like it wasn't great in the way that she kept things from people mm. which didn't really make any sense it didn't didn't like because kylo or not kylo uh poe got a lot of people killed in the opening bit so i think mm. it's fair that should be like true you should have i'm not telling you my plan the yeah. last time you knew a plan you went and got all you we have no bombers left yeah, they're all gone but, 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 that is a good point and yeah but it, yeah they like did just keep setting things up and then subverting them but in subverting them and i guess in ways i wasn't expecting yeah um and even to that point, the the one other reason I like the casino sequence is because it set up this sort of third faction almost, and that I went, look, there's this war profiteering on yeah. either side. Like yeah, this whole yeah. war is basically just filling these guys' pockets. Like your little ideological dispute between good and evil is pointless and meaningless because mm. these people are winning either way. It's like that's I have liked more of that or like mm. a fair explanation of it, but I, I like that idea that mm. that's being acknowledged in the universe. No, no, like where do these things come from? Like someone's obviously buying them and selling them. So yeah. yes, this is one massive shell game of war profiteering like, oh, that's really bleak but uh cool all right yeah. although um benicio del toro thought that was wholly terrible and unnecessary um, weird yeah I, I like that there was a character that showed up and was bad and had no comeuppance like i like that there's some level of moral ambiguity and just okay. bleakness in this movie because it's usually always uh, the bad guy like with Phasma, where <clears throat> she just falls in a hole and dies, mm-hmm. same as Boba Fett did. Like these guys are bad people because we sold, we told them they're bad people, and then they have to die. I like that he just showed up and went, I'll, I'll play my own rules and get away scot free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no comeuppance for me. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was okay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I it annoyed me watching it, but I was like, no, this is just alright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt weird having someone of his caliber play that character. Yeah. Uh, same with Laura yeah. Dern, really. Like, why are you here? <laughs> yes. But, yeah, and the yeah. whole really enjoyed it. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing really it again, good. especially yeah. for that sex scene. Uh, <laughs> I know it also felt like, unlike every other Star Wars film, it felt like it told a complete story almost. Because yeah, I, I think that that lash of the kid, the broom, feels like the ending shot of a trilogy. That's how you end the trilogy in my mm. mind. That's the shot you go with. Um, so yeah, I, if they do retcon everything out of this one with the next <laughs> one, which I hope they don't, but I think they really might, I'll just have to choose to hit cannon and go. No, no, so yeah. this is how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so top ten. Yes. Uh, I think we both don't really have numerical orders here. It's mm. just 10 films we quite like. Now, I'm going to say that the top 10 I have here is not the same as the top 5 I will have on the written site. 
if you choose to peruse that picture article for one thing Twin Peaks is not in my top 10 now but it is in my top 5 there so we're not getting that debate uh, so first up so let's is, say what we oh sorry go on what so, so, which is canon you know which is like the no uh, this is fine um, <laughs> this is this is the last Jedi canon version oh, of the list and okay. then the next list so the one online is going to be the J.J. Abrams episode 9 recon excellent um, so let's first of all talk about things that aren't on the list because mm. we've got a couple of films well one in particular anyway that we both know will be on people's lists that we don't want on the list now Disaster mm. Artist you came up with beforehand as one possibility yeah. I think we've both adequately talked about why mm-hmm. we didn't like that one. Well, I didn't like it, but don't think it deserves any kind of major praise. Uh, similarly, you weren't that keen on Thor. That shouldn't be in top tens. Yeah, but having said that, not a terrible movie either. No, 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 no. It's, it's, yeah. I think Zassar is the same way. Like, it's, it's fine. It's enjoyable. But it's just not, you know, mm-hmm. overly meritsome, if that's a word. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I think the main one that will definitely be in people's top tens, probably even pop top fives, that neither of us are that big on, was Logan. Mm. Uh I think we'll, we'll rant each a bit on it. Yeah, so right. my, my big rant is that it felt like a 16-year-old's version of a mature film. It mm. was like a 12-year-old was given an O rating and went, look, make a serious Wolverine movie. So he just says, fuck a lot. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart said, he says, fuck a lot. <laughs> and there's blood as a little kid and she stabs people in the dick and there's blood everywhere. Like, yeah, okay, we get it, movie. And like the first time you see that small child like eviscerate a man, decapitate him, like, oh, this is very impressive. All right. But then mm. it, like the hour or two, we're like, okay, I'm getting a bit, come on, mm. end this. And also, I always think it's a bit lazy to go, oh, it's like a Western. Because that's what everyone <laughs> yeah. does when they're making a genre film that isn't a Western. Like, oh, but it's like a Western. Because that's seen as like the classical mythic sort of um, archetypal yeah. genre to go with. Yeah. And I'm like, this is lazy. Like the old man genre. Actually. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like your granddaddy's favorite films. This makes it a serious modern <laughs> movie to do a Western. Like, no, oh, fuck off. And even though it, like, I don't mind the film's reference westerns. That's okay. Mm. But this one went, okay, let's show <laughs> yeah. the main character, not Wolverine, the X-22, watching the movie Shane. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I went, okay, that's the ending movie. That's how it'll end. It'll end with the same kind of shot. But no, it doesn't. It ends with her giving that exact speech in the exact mm. same way it shows up in that movie. Because that's the one movie that child has seen in her entire life. So I, I really wish there's a cut where she's seen a different movie. Yeah. And that's the speech she gives. Like, she just randomly gives out a no, like, Jeff Goldblum's Life Will Find A Way speech because she saw Jurassic Park that day. Like, any mm, movie she had seen yeah. that day would be the speech she'd give at that funeral. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't... It's also too long, and it's so self-important. Yeah. Um, like, it's... I didn't hate it. Like, it's enjoyable. But if people... If people weren't throwing around best picture mm. predictions of it, I'd be like, yeah, this is fine. But the fact that everyone's like, oh, no, it's it's very much the Dark Knight of our time. Like, no, it's not. The Dark Knight's so much more interesting and has so much more subtext than this has. Mm. This is very surface. It's a very good facsimile of western in a superhero movie mm. but that's all it is there is no subtext here there is no there's no text even it's just a very basic wolverine story where he's getting old and sad and has to do the wolverine thing of i don't like you kids but i'll rescue you anyway yeah. which is every wolverine movie yeah that, yeah that was I, that was actually what i was that was gonna be one of my main mm. <laughs> issues that's as always well. his arc <laughs> well yeah but this and this is the thing that like if it's supposed to be about like oh he's old and tired and yeah, too too old for this shit or whatever. But he's he's making the same teenage mm-hmm. mistakes mm-hmm. that he's making the whole time. And I mean, also but he has a limp this time. So <laughs> I know he can't even run. I don't know. It's just it's so annoying. It's why why can't you ever actually have you know elderly characters that like the thing is if he was actually old and grizzled he would probably be a lot more mm. interested in helping people. I think that's what happens when you do mature. You realize. 
you're not the only person in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, like that's that's all that he needs to do. Just grow a bit. But like, I I, I genuinely <laughs> I don't grow a pair. <laughs> grow a pair. <laughs> grow an extra pair. <laughs> I I guess one of the the reasons I d- don't like the film as well is because Wolverine as a film character hasn't doesn't deserve a, like an an old grizzled you know final hurrah. Mm, mm-hmm. There's no way in which I think he's grown enough to deserve the applause he's been getting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's us shitting on Logan. Yeah. Uh, not in our top tens. <laughs> now I have two for this one. Do you have any like worst moments in a film you've seen this year? Oh, I it, don't know. it could be like gross out or just something that yeah. really personally dis- you took a disliking to. Oh, there. I mean, there probably is. Ooh, there is a really yeah. Actually, I think I've just thought of one. Okay, uh, I, I have two, so I'll go with my second okay. one first. So second place, uh, close tie or not close tie, close second place is the peach scene for Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> now, I'll explain this to you, Sarah, because you didn't see the film, and you, you're looking at me, so I, I was... Okay. <laughs> Basically, after <clears throat> um, they've had the sex the first time, I think. There were no lighter fights involved. The they, just, they just had the sex. <laughs> uh, Elio is lying on a bed, and he's, like, you know, as any adolescents will do, he's debating, masturbating, and then he finds a peach, at which point he... And this is... It, it's shown him do this the entire time, and the sound effect is very squelchy as he sort of shoves his thumb into the peach and like guts it and like creates a sort of fleshlight with no. it and you don't see this bit happening you just kind of see his reaction to it um and now allegedly both uh, the director and boat lead actors also tried this in real life when they read the script <laughs> just to try it and see if it works so they could i don't know be more real in the scene so he he finishes in the peach leaves it aside naps Aww. for a few hours with it beside him weirdly and then our Hammer shows up and is like, <laughs> I think of Captain Hammer from the thingy. Uh, Army Hammer shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the pavilion. And it's like, what did you do? Because you can see there's something like, you see on his face that he did something he's ashamed of. And he finds a peach and then like it's dripping and he like licks no, a bit of it no. and he's about to, he, oh he's about to bite into it and the scene just kind of stops there. And I was just, I was squirming so hard. It was horrible. <laughs> One of the worst things I've ever seen. That was second place. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the storyline of, um, what's it called, American Pie? Isn't yes. It? What? <laughs> but this is an art house movie, Sarah, therefore it's very poignant and real. American Peach. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's second in Italy, but yeah, all right. I mean, Italian I mean, Peach sounds like a horrible sex move. <laughs> <laughs> or was it a oh, plum? God. Whatever, it's unimportant. <laughs> One of those fruit. <laughs> But uh, unrivaled, unsurprisingly, in the worst moment of the year for me is Kingsman 2, where, mm. as I described before, he I, has to yes. implant the tracking device <laughs> inside her ovarian walls, which we see happening as the music swells. I'm not going to go through that one again. You all know what happened if you didn't watch the film or don't. Uh, Sarah, what was your one? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I said this already. It was about a film that I did review, um, but anyway, it was a while ago, so I'll bring it up. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is in Raw, which is the oh, yeah. French horror, body horror, cannibal movie. It feels enough to say in many ways. You say French horror, cannibal yeah, movie, like, yeah. oh, I was going to be something tower awful. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, in the grand scheme of things, it probably isn't, but it was just such a bizarre thing. which was, So it's set in like a, a veterinary university. Yeah, just a lot of hedonism, hedonism, mm-hmm. hedonism going on a lot of the time. It's so weird because I guess it's maybe not in some ways as gross as other things but it's still so bizarre which is that there's in the middle of like a big party scene there's a girl is tongue kissing i guess yes a boy's eye okay (laughs) and it's just just kind of lingers on it for 
like a good five ten seconds is there a sound effect oh well, there's kind of like a lot of music on so okay you can't really that's not as bad and yeah no it's, it's to be honest like in comparison to the peach <laughs> it's probably fine but it's just so weird and i don't understand but i also feel like it was the perfect representation of the film because i genuinely like the boy basically doesn't really know what to do it's mm-hmm. just weird weird things that are happening to his eyes oh, and right. which is basically yeah. what happened to me for an hour and a half yes so I, I i admired it from from that kind of point of view i suppose but it was, mm. it was very strange mm-hmm. i can't think of anything else any you know single shot that was as weird as that so no that's all yeah. answer i mean again if it's 10 seconds long it does sound very uncomfortable to watch yeah and i don't i don't like it either <laughs> having not seen the movie yet yeah uh okay so actual top 10 uh there's no real order to this so mm. i guess we can kind of try and i know th- the four that we have the same are mm-hmm. all in your kind of top five but oh yeah do you care if we kind of go in any kind yeah. of order okay yeah that's uh so let's just start off quickly on moonlight um mm. we don't really need to justify this one because everyone knows why it's on the top 10 yes the reason we're doing it this year is because even though it got released in america last year it got released here this year so it is technically eligible for a top 10 consideration mm. in these yes. loose loose rules <laughs> so i i would happily say moonlight is one of the best 10 years 10 years 10 <laughs> films of the year because it is very good uh and as a gay romance it does not feature any underwear yeah. sitting that i can recall there <laughs> uh, there's nothing as bad as the peach scene in it and uh, nothing feels like grooming so it's no. probably a, a better one of those movies and come by your name <laughs> uh yes yeah. any, any further thoughts uh, yeah. to moonlight sarah um yeah I, I i was kind of trying to think about about like what yeah what was it that kind of made it the best film or one of the best mm. films and like i think it probably is just the conclusion is so it's so hard it's heart stopping or it's just like it makes your soul hurt just yeah just i presume people don't mind spoilers at this point <laughs> um <laughs> of chiron saying to you know the one sort of person that he's ever loved like was it that i've never is it i never kissed uh, i think he's never met anyone hasn't he since yeah that night but, but he isn't it he said um paraphrasing i haven't seen it in a year so I'm yeah remember. no see i haven't seen it in a while but like he basically says something like i've never been with anyone or mm. never kissed anyone or realized like holy shit he's like lived his whole life alone and just mm. how sad it is and just for that to be the, the finish the the final <laughs> moment is just like oh it's devastating and yeah i mean it's all such a such a great movie but i think that was like one of the best you know conclusions to any movie definitely uh and yeah like obviously on top of that it had great cinematography yeah, and score yeah. and nomi harris was brilliant mm. and all of the actors actually playing the various ages of that character were great and yeah very kind of emotional mm. reality to the whole thing yeah. it was very good um, chair chair in the back amazing <laughs> chair in the back do you remember him like uh getting back the the guy who'd beaten him up in school yes best <coughs> yes, like just amazingly cathartic moment <laughs> for everyone um okay so give me one of the ones that we don't have the same um, and give it a quick old spiel yeah what do we not um yeah so actually tag yes um yeah this is so this is a very much a cheat one because this is actually <laughs> it's a it's a japanese film that was out in 2015 but i'm pretty sure it didn't get released until the horror film festival mm-hmm. this october so i'm yeah i'm taking it <laughs> it's actually it's funny i'm kind of nearly a little bit disappointed because while watching it, I was fully convinced it was going to be my favorite movie of the year. All right. And the ending uh, is just not okay. up there. Um, 
I, I kind of nearly trying to describe it. I'd say it's sort of a cross between it, it's sort of Battle Royale. If Battle Royale was directed by David Lynch. <laughs> it's really good. I really very like, on board. <laughs> I would I would definitely recommend it for you because even just the opening sequence is insane. Cool. It actually might be I might actually add it to the list of like best moments of um uh of the year or like more yeah. most insane moments or whatever we just did there a minute ago. Ooh, right, okay. Because it's amazing, but also I don't want to give it away because like just see it. <laughs> right. I will actually definitely have to know. Um, um yeah, it's mm. so it's about it's about this girl who it's basic it's very hard to figure out like this is part of the point is like she sort of doesn't really know where she is a lot of the time. Yes. Um she's basically in uh, with her with her with a group from school and people like keep dying um she's nearly like running from reality to reality and Ooh, meeting okay, new right. people cool. who just keep like either dying or weird things happen to them just it's really 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 hard to figure out what's happening um but it's also amazingly kind of lynching in, in its style because there's so much melodrama and just moments of like complete happiness which are terrifying because like she's basically a moment of complete happiness is terrifying yeah this no, like a very but film. here's the here's the thing after the after like a one sort of montage where she basically all her friends hold her friends from school mm. they're they die she finds herself in this other reality in another new school where she befriends these new three girls and they 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 bunk off and they're having great fun uh just becoming friends and the like this just the music is swelling and it's just like a moment of pure happiness for her and you're so happy because she just saw loads of people die so she finally made new friends and you're like they're all gonna die at some moment now (laughs) this is the worst thing that's ever gonna happen so it's like i'm sorry i feel like i'm not explaining it well no i'm very intrigued once you said that like it's basically universe hopping i'm like i'm on board (laughs) yeah i I guess it's one of those things where when these things get explained they're never quite as fun as they were but um that the ending comes in yeah yeah but but a really good film um and yeah i would highly recommend it so that was definitely one of my top ten yeah i would actually like to see that one that's that's on the list um i guess my next one i will say is the villainess villainess Hmm. villainess i can never i don't know whatever is that even a word? Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, it's a South Korean film. I looked ah. it up before I said Japanese something. It is from South Korea. Uh, it starts off with a incredibly long single take first person fight sequence of this woman just going to this warehouse and massacring a ton of people in a very kind of John Wick kind of way. It was all in first person. Uh, and then it becomes this quite lengthy sort of vaguely operatic sort of level or story of revenge and redemption and it's uh have you ever seen the film nikita uh Ooh. it's got a similar structure not just a structure a similar kind of story to that once you get past the initial boat then you get a big flashback to what happened beforehand and mm-hmm. it kind of pulls this bullshit of saying everyone has plastic surgery so no one recognizes each other so they can pull okay. these twists through who's whose father and stuff but aside <laughs> from that it is really good and it, it's a hell of a main form of the lead actresses whose name i did not look up but she's yeah. very good and if you just want to see like a sort of a female John Wick, but with a lot more sort of grandiose Greek tragedy kind of around it, it's it's very good. Uh, mm. And gory is all shit, so you know, look, well, not eh, not that gory. Oh, there's a lot of blood, but like not a lot mm-hmm. of like, guts or stuff. But there is some like genuinely incredible fight scene. There's a big scene at the end on a bus that's moving, and there's like fighting each other, and there's axes and car crashes, and it's mm. great. It's, it's great. So yes, Villainess is definitely my top 10. Um, Sarah, give me mm-hmm. one more that we have not 
agreed on and then uh, we'll go okay um yeah i'll give one of my <laughs> so pick a random style because i know you don't know which four i'm talking about <laughs> yes um no i'll give one of my yeah irish uh, oh yeah, yeah choices so um yeah i'll say uh jazz ja promise which is um uh also a, a documentary um it's directed by uh patrick farley and kate callahan so yeah it, this is looking at um jaha Dukura, who is, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, she's um, a Gambian activist who got female genital mutilation um, banned right. in Gambia. Okay. Pretty horrific, to be honest, hearing like stories of, of, of what's happened to like her and to, to other women. But um, mm. like, I mean, ultimately just, it is, it's, it's obviously, it's really important because it's showing how, how that was tackled, which was very much her on the ground talking to people who, wouldn't necessarily have any have much education or like some of them believe that women have to be circumcised in order to give birth just sort of showing what not even showing you know realizing the extent of things that need to be done and mm. um, so it's obviously very important looking at how female genital mutilation was a- addressed and is now at least formally banned but it's also just like a really great look at how um human activism can can be done hopefully in future and yeah i mean from obviously a really really harrowing story there's a like really really positive messages about like how quickly things can be done she, she was talking about how um it, it took about like 10 years for them to stop doing uh foot binding in china from when they sort of started you know campaigning but like this was maybe three years or something it seems like there's possibly a model that can be found and hopefully mm. if, if they can go forward um, using the, the kind of thing that that Dukura is is using, it would be really amazing. So yeah, another documentary I would definitely recommend for everyone. No, it's good. It's like having docs on there because it's sort of yeah. they really make it on. Like the last time I had a documentary on top ten, it would have been probably Act of Killing, and it's like yeah, four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah. Um, okay, I will quickly do uh, Blade Runner, I guess. Hmm. But actually, yeah, we can kind of review this myself as well. Um, okay. Just quickly because I know we have a lot of these to get through. And yeah. Long. <laughs> Uh, I really liked it mainly in just the sheer ambition of it. The fact mm-hmm. that someone, and like, I know why they did it. They basically saw Force Awakens box office and went, right, well, we <laughs> also have an old 80s Harrison Ford franchise that we can bring him <laughs> back for. That'll make $2 billion, right? Yeah. So they spent whatever stupid money on this film $200 million, $150 million. Mm. Uh, Visually, genuinely jaw dropping. Like, I wish I'd seen it five times on the biggest screen I could have because it's not going to look as good on Blu ray. It just won't. Mm. TV can't do it justice. Like, the cinematography by Deacons is great. The overall just production design is incredible. The mood of it, the flow of it, the score. Well, the score is all right. The score is not great. <laughs> but the production design, all of it, the sound design, love it. Story-wise, meh, uh, it's definitely too long as a mm. film. Uh, I think Gosling is very good at that one particular thing, so he's well yeah. cast. I don't know if that guy has that much range generally, mm. but he's really good at being that one stoic guy with a shady past. <laughs> uh, nice seeing Harrison Ford be somewhat animated. Mm. Um Robin Wright, good as well. Robin Wright is great. Yeah. Uh, I love her various minor appearances this year. Wonder Woman, <laughs> Justice League, yeah. this. Uh, going forward, she'll have House of Cards all to herself. Yeah, Very happy about that. Go. Very happy. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I think it is it is boring in an objective sense <laughs> of the word, but I still saw it twice in cinemas and I'd see it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Leto is mercifully barely in it. And what little yeah. is there is a bit weird. <laughs> uh, like, obvious criticisms, yes, it's too long. It shouldn't have been made for that amount of money for starters. Mm. Uh, Female characters 
either don't exist or are very badly treated. And yeah. it's it's a world run by white people in which is weirdly Asian in design. Mm. And it's a world based around reproduction and women who are largely not there or treated as disposable vessels if they are there. Mm. So I'm not saying the film isn't at its centre kind of fucked, but mm. I am saying as an experience of just sheer cinematic spectacle, <clears throat> I did very much like it. Mm. But it's in my top ten and not Sarah's. So no. Sarah, why is not in yours? Slash, go yeah. ahead and criticize it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, yeah, one... What sort of made me uncomfortable about the movie was some of the unintentional messages. Mm-hmm. Like the film kind of contradicts itself in that it's sort of like, you know what, what is humanity? You know, why can't a robot be a human? But the film was also like, oh, this robot became a human. Let's worship them. So yeah. <laughs> also the fact that the film kind of, it, yeah, I think you, you even said it there, but, but it does sort of celebrate the whole thing of like biological uh, fertile mm. um basically it's sort of connotations about what humanity is which i think is unfortunate in a time when we're trying to deal with the fact that trans people are are also people yeah. <laughs> so that kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable i guess with the movie no it's totally fair <laughs> But I also don't think it was like intentional. So I, you know, I think it's just, it's one of these weird things that comes with sci-fi. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so. I mean, I'm still yeah. wary trying to give it a pass for ignorance, but I will say, yeah, it's not malicious at least. It is it's just not, no. Of, yeah. Um, just, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fully admitting I'm, put, I'm putting it in there just for the, the sheer ostentatiousness of making it in the first place like that's, mm. that's mainly what i think is just incredible but like, yeah i'm not going to defend it on its politics <laughs> whatever they are yeah. what what did you think though i kind of felt like it was very similar to um uh, what's villeneuve's last film oh um arrival arrival yeah did you think like structurally like it has um, the same thing of you think it's going one way huh no, you're That's wrong. very true, actually. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I guess so. Okay, Arrival in my head just feels breezier uh, mm. as a film, so I can't really <laughs> reconcile the structures. Uh, yeah, but twist-wise, that's a fairly accurate observation, mm. I'd say. It does pull the same kind of trick, mm-hmm. which is the same trick Star Wars pulled, actually, yeah. <clears throat> where it's like, no, you're not important. You're, you're also not Han Solo's <laughs> son. <laughs> true, yeah. <coughs> and it's, yeah. I, I was hoping there would be, sorry, I was going to say, there was hoping there would be a scene where it turned out that he was Solo's, or... Harrison Ford's son and have to kill him on a bridge. That would <laughs> yeah, be great. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Harrison Ford gets out every franchise he's currently ever been in by dying on bridges. <laughs> so come Indy 5, Shia LaBeouf will show up, stab him on a bridge. Oh, uh, that would be great. It would. Uh, okay, so moving on to one of our mutual ones, yeah. let us go for Detroit. Oh, yeah. uh, so Detroit was mm. Catherine Bigelow's effort this year. Mm. I, it kind of vanished. I it sort of thought yeah. it would have more of a push on the Oscar yeah. season, but it sort of just, Absolutely. it might still get nominations. It probably mm. should, but it kind of we're out of nowhere. Uh, I think we both agreed it was. We talked about this probably not the last one, maybe two episodes mm. ago, two or three. Um, it was just very visceral, uncomfortable viewing. Mm. Um, it's, yeah. it's it's also too long. Third act, yeah, not necessarily, agreed. but it yeah it made me feel bad for being a white person. Mm, yeah. Um, also, does feel, yeah? I have seen a couple of criticisms of like inaccuracies of characters, which I don't think is really, mm. especially if people are still alive and stuff. I don't think it's right to misrepresent people that's that's a bad thing mm. um but yeah i mean i i still do feel like it was such a not even just a big movie but like yeah it, ma- it made me feel so many things basically i can't sort of discount it either um yeah no, i agree it was it was just such um 
like in your face filmmaking and I, I kind of hate that it was a white woman making it yeah and <laughs> there i think we thought it was the last one there were just little sequences that really bugged me like when yeah. the guy escapes the hotel and he finds the white cop and the white cop's like oh guy what's wrong with you let's get you to the hospital like, no don't try and make don't do the not all white people yeah thing in the middle of this no. very important message about yeah. racism actually i mean why, why wasn't that a person of color that could have easily been yeah that even could have been fine uh, yeah. i still feel like that would have also been problematic because it was, oh, it, it, was it was a black yeah. cop so like, don't make don't not all cops this <laughs> like just let yeah, some racism no, happen right, and yeah. try not to be like but not all of us are bad you you guys yeah agreed <sighs> So aside from those minor quibbles, it was very good. Even Jack Rayner wasn't terrible in it. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still not, not unconvinced that it's that that wasn't just like the, just like darkest moment of humor that's ever happened. Which was his name? Um, like him killing the. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, like I mean, I'm not saying. You should Is this be part of your whole your whole Dougal thing again, where you think he's a plain sort Dougal? of yes, <laughs> but but no, I, I like genuinely feel like. It was inevitable that someone was going to be killed, and that, the, yeah, you know the yeah, way yeah. it was set up. There was like, racist cops being incredibly violent. It was it was never not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like the way the way it happened, it was just like, oh, was I not supposed to kill them? <laughs> it was I don't know. I I do I just genuinely feel like it was a <sighs> sickening moment of like just macabre humor. Okay, and, no, yeah, all right. I oh, hadn't really thought no. of it that way, but yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, Okay, uh, <laughs> right, I guess I'll, I'll go next. Uh, something we actually talked about, I'm going to throw in Death of Stalin as a top 10, mm. just because I, I like a comedy that is a bit sort of, I don't know, try to say it has a message. Like, I, I suppose it kind of does, but it's just, it is a nice exploration of, given the current political era, this is going to be a, a lot of prefaces for this, <laughs> uh, given the current political climate, it does feel apt to make it now. Mm. Uh, I think what it's saying about sort of unchecked power of leaders is interesting. The, the power vacuums that follow them, and it is very funny, and it's also based on history, and it's also allegedly a graphic novel. It's what it's actually really based on, so mm. that could count as the best comic book film of the year. Mm. Uh, but yes, no performances are all great. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, it's, it's mainly just it was probably the best comedy of the year, and also the fact that the comedy was rooted in historical mm. semi fact just elevates it for me. So yeah. Um, Putting that out there as top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, give us one. Uh, yeah, I think, well, I'll get one that I, we've already said out of the way, yeah. too. Because, yeah, The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, into of course. my top yeah. 10. Um, yeah. <laughs> For the best sex it. scene of the year. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> also the best milking scene of the year. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> all the body fluids. <laughs> just all over the place. But not in the peach. No. You didn't put them in the peach. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, I'll quickly just say, in that case, Dunkirk is a of mine, uh, which like is surprising. We keep one-upping each other here. <laughs> <laughs> Are we? No, not it's at like all. It's like tennis, callback. <laughs> um, yeah, Dunkirk. Uh, I went into this year dreading it before mm. it even came out because I've gotten so sick of Nolan for the most part, and I don't like war movies to start with, and it, the trailers are boring and shit, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, Harry Styles, that's not a point in his favour, guys, like, don't tell me this. <laughs> And then it came out, and it was, if not the best, one of the best horror films of the year. It was the best war film I've probably ever seen, which I know is sort of people, some of the, some of the scoffing going, that's terrible, how can you say that? 
because I don't like war films because they're always so glamorizing or not glamorizing but it's all like heroic bullshit of oh the old boy is beating Jerry I was like yeah fuck off <laughs> so this one was very much just no no wars are fought by children and it's horrible and they all die terrible deaths mm. so as an anti-war film it was pretty good there was a little bit of a moment at the end where Kenneth Branagh has a, a single patriotic tear down his cheek <laughs> as they successfully retreat like cowards <laughs> sorry ghosts of history <laughs> um, but by and large, I thought it was quite measured when it was doing that sort of stuff. The forms were all great. It was a nice lean under two hours. And it was just, again, this is a very trite phrase, but it was a nice return to pure cinema, if one might say yeah. that. So yes, Dunkirk was very, very good. Um, yeah, give me one more that we're not, we're not together on. Okay. Um. Yeah. Actually, I suppose I'll give a bit of a review of a uh, better watch out. Yes. Which uh, uh, for the, for the Christmas like season, that's go for the spoilers if you want to, because I think you kind of have to. I, like, I'm dying to see it, but I don't really. I think if you need to talk about the spoilers, talk about spoilers. Okay. Oh, I feel <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like it's probably not going to get that wide an audience, and I, I kind of want people to. I think it's already gone. To be fair. <laughs> oh my god. Because I was looking for time, and it was already down to like two a day last okay. week. So okay, fine. I'm talking about it then. <laughs> well, okay. If you can talk about it without spoilers, do. Well, but we'll if you see. can't, then don't. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. Um, okay. So yeah, this is like uh, kind of a riff on Home Alone. Yeah, it's about this twelve-year-old boy who is. If, to be honest, actually, it's only in form. It's not very much in content that it's, mm. it's a Home Alone uh, kind of riff, I suppose. This little boy is being left in um, to be babysat by like a an older girl uh, who he is like ridiculously in love with. Uh, so this basically he, he believes this is his like ultimate chance to right. woo her. So it's kind of yeah, it starts off like a little bit embarrassing because he's reading like skin mags and basically like coming up with all these plans like he's gonna get get them both drunk and oh, like, jesus weird yeah it's kind of weird um uh God. yeah no <laughs> it's our protagonist it, yes yeah um Ugh. yeah it starts off kind of weird but like you're kind of like oh poor little guy you know obviously mm. doesn't really get get it um and... don't defend him sarah he's, he's a bad person <laughs> well yeah uh, so, I mean, I can keep going or I can, like, leave it there. Well, I mean, can you give a review slash explanation of why you like it so much without spoiling everything? Or without spoiling it, like, super specifically? It, it starts off, like, just, like, typical, mm-hmm. you know, um, ho- like, home invasion narrative. And it just keeps getting sicker and sicker. <laughs> like, it just keeps getting more disturbing, more mm-hmm, twisted. Mm-hmm. It, it went in way in directions I definitely did not expect it to. It says a lot about uh, toxic masculinity. Cool. All right. um, very much, you know, very current. It's all and, like these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of does show you why Home Alone is very clever. Mm. <laughs> because it, it does use the same narrative techniques and the, and the same things of, I guess, kind of check up gun kind of things. Mm. It is really, really, it's really clever, I think. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm really disappointed that it's not going to... Like, I don't think it's really going to catch on. doesn't seem it like it. It could be like a cult thing. You never know. Maybe, yeah. Happen. But yeah, no, it just it like keeps spiraling out of, just out of control. And it's, yeah, just a very, very good movie. <laughs> I am dying to see it because you know about a few weeks ago. I, I, was, I was trying to get to it before it vanished. But I think it's, it might still be there. But whatever times is on there, like very hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so I am dying to see that one. So that, that one and Tag are on my list of things to hopefully good. watch soon. Okay, let, let me know when you do. <laughs> I forget the tag first. One. The tag cool. kind of has me more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Quickly. 
Okay, this is a slight cheat entry. Uh, I'm going to say Gerald's Game, which is a Netflix original film, which came out this year. Mm. Uh, in a year of many Stephen King adaptations, there was like this, that, there's Dark Tower, It, 1922, the other one, there's a uh, Mr. Mercedes, I think, sorry, this year. It's like TV shows and movies. This one is probably the best one. Now, I've not read this novel, but I know a lot of people can consider it sort of the, the Dark Horse best Stephen King book in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, narratively, it's very simplistic. It's one location for the most part. It's a woman handcuffed to a bed for 90 minutes trying to not die. Um, okay. Yeah, because her and her husband go for a weekend of uh, sexy times. In of their lightsaber fights. Li- li- oh, <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, so they go for some uh, wink lightsaber fights in a remote uh, thing to get the marriage back on track. So he handcuffs to bed. And then just as he's getting a bit too rough with her, he has a heart attack and dies. Oh, Jesus. So she's wow. handcuffed to a bed and can't get to her phone. And uh. is like, right, I have this much like fluid left me. I have this much like time before I'll die of starvation, wow. dehydration. And there's like a local kind of mangy dog that starts eating the body of the husband oh. and stuff. And it's... A lot of it's just kind of her talking to herself. Like, it's there's two of her on screen. Like, mm-hmm. one's like her internal monologue talking to her. But it's as a horror film, it's very effective because there's mm. some genuinely oh, creepy yeah. shit later on. And some people, I won't spoil it, some people hated the ending because the ending does a thing whereby it justifies something else earlier on in the movie. Uh... Um, and some people didn't like that because they thought it kind of ruined the, the sense of realism about it. I thought it actually made it creepier, but that's just me. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, at one point she... She starts seeing the dog, and she also she keeps saying dreams, uh, but the dreams kind of end up being a version of what's actually happening. So it'll sort of shouldn't also because she's running out of food and like, but well, she's already out of food, but she, she's running on fumes and becoming dehydrated and hungry and hallucinating. Mm-hmm. So at one point she, because it's kind of like the devil and angel on her shoulder. So whenever she sees herself, it's like the logical part of her brain talking to her, um, and she's her dead husband, played by the guy that was in the first Star Trek movie, Pike. Kind of that guy's name. You'd know him to see. Okay. It's not Sam Neill. It's the other non-Sam Neill, Sam Neill-looking guy. Okay. Uh, whenever he shows up, it's you just the part of her brain that's going crazy and like saying you're going to die. Uh, but he eventually shows up and goes, look, because it's darkness. And this is the one bit I'll say. This isn't really spoiled. It's kind of halfway through. It's total darkness. She looks in the corner. And the other way at night, the way shadows look weird. So mm. she sees what looks at like the outline of a really tall, giant man. And he's like, that's death. Like, it's staring at you. The second you die, it's going to take some item of like your jewelry. That's what he does. He takes a like a token of the thing he kills, and like you see it, like as she's seeing it, as this. It's actually played by the guy from Twin mm-hmm. Peaks that plays the giant. Um, but then she's like, "Oh no, it's just a curtain. It's just like a shape of a thing." And then he's like, oh, "Is it though?" And like it keeps sort of playing with is it or okay. is it not, not real? Like, it's Stephen King, so it could go either way. Mm. Um, but anyway, as a horror film, very effective. As a very kind of tight one location drama, really good. It's. Definitely freaked me out more than anything mm. I saw on cinema this year. So that's why I'm putting a Netflix original on my top 10 of the year. Okay. It's, just, it's just a really solid, well-structured, quick in-and-out, creepy movie. Mm-hmm. And it's highly recommended. It's yeah. also probably got the most viscerally gory, disgusting thing I've seen all year. Not in the kind of, not in the <laughs> okay. worst moments category. Just okay. more of a, I am squirming so bad. And this is making me want to look away. Because okay. it's just, mm. ah, skin stuff. Bad. Good film, though. <laughs> Look it up. Cool. Um, how many more do you have that aren't the two that we agreed on? Uh, I have two. Two more? Two more, yeah. Okay, uh, go for one of those. Then. Okay. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I've I talked... Go for both of them. Just do them both in order, and I'll do mine, and we'll do All the All right. Um, yeah, so two quite different movies. Um, one, uh, 
the transfiguration, mm-hmm. which is um, I've talked about it before. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a sort of pretty cool sort of take of it's sort of a yeah mishmash. Actually, I suppose not unlike what you were just saying. It's sort of a weird mix of realism and, and horror. Yes. Um. So it's about this. That's boy. the vampire one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's about this boy who keeps like basically looking for like real life vampires. Mm-hmm. But it's also that he might be a vampire. It's quite clever in that it it sort of starts off with things with very kind of like sort of horror elements, but then you know when sort of the sickening conclusion to those stories happens, it's actually just like it's very realistic, but it's way more horrifying for that. There's one there's one part where he lives in this tenement where there's just basically like gangs ruling the place and there's this sort of like like rich frat boy comes along looking for for drugs what i suppose what you would be anticipating is like vampire some you know basically some mm. someone coming along to tearing him open get, getting his blood he just gets pounded to death <laughs> by like a, a gang and it's yeah it, it is just stuff like this is just like yeah weird weird mix of what's really happening what's not happening and it's just yeah really good um, I think, uh, yeah, especially after one of the other movies I think we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. get, get Out. It was just cool the way the way, the way this, they kind of like keep pushing out the boat on what you can do with horror yeah. this year, which is great. Very true, very true. Um, um. Oh yeah, my other movie then um, mm-hmm. is, um, so it's another Irish documentary, which is the 34th, which I did talk about, I think, oh, the did, last yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a look at the um, people who basically campaign for marriage equality for like over 10 years and it's yeah just like a great look at like all the challenges that they overcame and just i also just a great celebration of like the best thing that's happened in ireland in probably 30 years so yeah definitely recommend that again to everyone very good uh okay Ooh, let's do L, I guess quickly which is yeah. another one of those ones where it kind of came out last year but yeah. for us it's this year yeah I only finally saw it like about a month ago when I showed mm-hmm. up on Netflix because um, I missed it in cinemas. Hmm. Uh, it's well, obviously I like it as my top ten, but it's it's a very conflicting watch. Paul Verhoeven <laughs> is very much a provocateur, and it's speaking of films where it's it's bleak, like just the darkest comedy yeah. you can think of. There are so many scenes where I was stifling a laugh, knowing full well that the context was just so disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's nominally a rape revenge movie, but it's a black <laughs> comedy rape revenge movie, yeah. sort of. Uh, of course, Isabel Hubert, who did she win the Oscar last year? She must have. Oh won. no, because La La Land won, no. so it must have been. She was up there. Yeah, she was nominated for sure. Yeah, yeah she win, I guess. Uh, gives a pretty fearless performance as mm. the the victim, and then eventually kind of perpetrator or sort of willing victim. It, mm, it, it's, it's weird. Mess. Yeah. Of conflicting things. And I know that when it came out first, a lot of people were like, this isn't how a victim should act. Which is a big problem with <laughs> perceptions of victims. And I think, if nothing else, it certainly started that conversation at least yeah, in some yeah. circles about what what victimhood, like what legitimate quote-unquote victimhood looks mm. like. Uh, I think the opening sequence is pretty incredible though when mm. she does get raped and then she just like goes to clean the house and yeah, doesn't tell anyone yeah. and just acts like nothing's wrong and then she kind of just has to say it to someone but it says it in a very casual way it's like that's that feels very true to life mm. it, a lot more so mm. than like a bigger dramatic crying field one which I'm not saying people don't cry but like, nothing happens to them it just mm. I feel like the, the sort of compartmentalization of it just the way yeah. she ignores it and hides it and buries it inside of it, that feels more authentic yeah yeah um, 
of the directions it goes are weird and the subplots and the fact that she works like a video game company making these really rapey games <laughs> is really odd and this this it's yeah. such a strange film uh but i'm glad i saw it and i don't know if i actually would go as far as say i like it but it's certainly <laughs> an effective film whatever the fuck it's trying to be yeah i like i actually kind of felt that um the the rape revenge plot actually nearly became one of the subplots yeah no it did like, it, it, it totally it, did I, th- I thought it was just it, i thought it was really clever the way it was sort of like look yeah she got raped it was terrifying that's kind of just part of life for like a lot of women yeah absolutely. you know um i, I also really like the fact that yeah she's like being essentially harassed at work by someone some person is like sending around um images of or, or, or putting her face on the body of like the video game character which is being raped yeah and it's obviously it's like yeah it's horrific but i think the the sort of clever part about that is it's actually a totally separate person it's actually like it's she's just dealing with loads of shit yeah and there's no one overarching narrative really um and i did really like the fact that like the end of the movie is just her and her best friend uh feel like female best friend just being like yeah let's just like this is all just bullshit. Let's just go off and live together. And yeah, that's like, really nice. For, actually, it's such a everything. weird, sweet ending of yeah. what came before. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I do like again because there's this perception of I'm gonna get a bit, a bit nerd now. There's that like video games are this horrible thing that like corrupt people. But I, I like the fact that even though she just had this horrifying sexual mm. assault encounter, she goes to work and is like in very clinical bored terms. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not rapey enough. Like make it more <laughs> aggressive. And I was like, Jesus, this is so weird and dark and yet yeah. it does just feel like the way you would address these things in real life like yeah. you do you don't look at media the same way you'd look at an actual event and you wouldn't associate the two necessarily and, yeah which feels maybe. very kind of anti-trigger warnings in some way even though i don't i very much agree with trigger warnings but yeah the message is so intentionally muddled it's just yeah. so intentionally trying yeah. to goad you into a reaction that i kind of love it but also <laughs> hate it uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a film. Uh, mm, <laughs> that's absolutely. What you're I, yeah, I kind of feel like. Well, to be fair, I mean, if it was getting Oscar nods, it's obviously yeah. it obviously did pretty well. But I kind of feel like if it had come out a little bit later this year, it oh my god, have, yeah, absolutely, you know, got a yeah, bigger yeah, yeah. reaction, which would be interesting as well. But anyway. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, imagine <laughs> it like post me too. Yeah. That would have been incredible. Oh, it would be insane. <laughs> god. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Instead, we got Battle of the Sexes coming yeah. out at the wrong time. So. <laughs> Okay, so you're actually out of films bar the yeah. last one. Okay, I have one more quickly, which is Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, I think it's, it's enough to consider this already. Uh, quickly, just to say, it is very good. Colin Farrell plays the same character he played in The Lobster, but even more doogly, which makes <laughs> it kind of worse because he has to do some really horrible things in this one. Oh. Uh, I think that's that's where it works, in that the absurd black comedy element of it isn't so much in that it's a funny ha-ha movie. It's just more of a, what is happening? <laughs> Why are these people speaking like this? These aren't human beings. Everyone's this weird, mm. stilted... Have you, seen, you didn't see it, no? I've seen The Lobster. Oh, the lo- yeah, so okay. I didn't um, get the idea. Yeah, same, similar idea, but The Lobster felt like it was in a, its own separate universe, okay. where it was... This yeah, is the rules. This one feels like it's set in the real world, but there's this <laughs> one town somewhere in America where everyone talks like this, and it okay. makes no sense. And they're all doctors, and they're just why is no one questioning why he talks so weirdly <laughs> and like such says such weird things, and he has no like internal life. He's just this auto- like this robot almost, this weird Irish robot who lives in America, mm. is married to Nicole Kidman, um, and there's really uncomfortable stuff like. Um, 
they're going to have sex and she she says they're like listing out like what position they're going to do i think she says like anesthetic or something and she just then like lies back limp oh, on God. the bed and then he's approaches her and cuts the black so i oh, guess no. their whole sex is women have to be entirely immobile for him to enjoy it uh obviously the plot is that barry keown shows up and there's some revenge thing happening there it's unclear it's it's basically an actual curse it's not given an explanation in the movie so it is a kind of modern fairy tale uh which is where the humor comes from because the thing he's basically told you have to kill one of your family members they're all infected with the same thing they're all going to die in a few days but if you kill one of them it'll stop and he puts Mm. it off for the longest possible time and then in the end does opts to go for the choice and i kind of don't want to spoil how he (laughs) chooses because it's so absurd okay it's so ridiculous and yet it's like it's really funny because of what he's it's so stupid what he's doing is really funny but the fact that he's still going to kill someone of his family is really horrifying so it's (laughs) it's that death of salem thing of so dark Uh but so dumb that they come together to be really funny you feel bad for laughing at it um yeah, the whole film was just basically about like impotency and just his lack of agent not lack of agency but his lack of willingness to be an agent in his own life because mm. he's just this really ineffective ineffectual male character and it's it's good it's interesting it's well shot it's 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 not for everyone I definitely kind of walk out so I to see it um it is very stilted I think the lobster was a more broad comedy so it sort of got okay. away a bit more this mm-hmm. one it does feel like it's trying to be an actual drama but it's so weird and impenetrable that it's off-putting but worth a look uh odd Mm. odd 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 okay so last one i guess is probably a great surprise to anyone which i guess we're (laughs) by sheer default of how we ordered it putting this film of the year which is all right (laughs) (laughs) thank you sarah um (laughs) get out (laughs) but also the film is get out Uh, you want to hear the lead in this yeah. one? I don't know if I have much more to say in this than you said the last time, but yeah. it's it's a good horror yeah. comedy. But is it a comedy? Corn the Golden mm, Globes? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, to be honest, like uh, as much as it, it's a great film and I really like it, I think part of the reason it's on my top ten is it's barreled since. You, you, like, there's there's so much, mm. um, there's been so much, especially well, discussion in general, but even just there's loads of like academic collections and stuff being written on oh, it yeah. now it's just like really re- reinvigorated i think the like how people are looking at, at horror and possibly comedy at the moment <laughs> um from a more meta view it's yeah it, it's like just a really big deal and, and it's great that it is yeah because when it first came out it obviously had the whole thing going of it was 100% Rotten Tomatoes for weeks and mm. that one particular contrarian guy went no it's not good <laughs> uh, so like that had it got a lot of notes for that and it also mm. did very well at the box because it cost like nothing to make and it made mm. an awful lot back very quickly mm-hmm. and then um, yeah I'm glad that it, it kept the momentum going and it's managed to be uh, sort of yeah like you're saying sort of it's reinvigorating an interest academically in horror which I feel mm. like never really goes away because horror is always sure. a good go-to genre but it definitely has <laughs> yeah foreground a lot more in the mm. last year than would have been previously i think that's going to be a big thing next year because I, i'm dying to see what films going next year because this year we're getting the residuals of the pre-trump era which to yeah. some extent is the stuff that yeah. probably wouldn't win like <laughs> your kingsman 2 or your battle of sexes 
next year is going to be the proper response stuff yeah. I, especially with the horror genre I can't yeah. wait to see what comes out of it because Get Out very much feels like a film that could have been made this year in response to this year oh yeah yeah so it's actually kind of ahead of time in some yeah. ways uh, but it is great and it's just it's it's very fun like it's mm. despite being disturbing and a horror movie it is actually quite funny and I know people even Jordan Peele himself has been a little bit like well it shouldn't be in the heart the comedy character in the Golden Globes like it shouldn't be it should be in the Best Fiction nominations mm. but I get how the globes work and I don't think labeling it as a comedy is necessarily doing it a disservice. True, it's yeah. It's inaccurate but it's not <laughs> also wholly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, great sense of performance from the guy that wrote Skins someone told me. I was like, what? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, cause I, I, I kind of did have a vague recognition of seeing him in something with an English accent and yeah. he actually is an English guy. Apparently he wrote Skins. Okay, he's in Black Mirror. <laughs> yes, well. yes, that's yeah, what he's yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. That's Black Mirror um, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently he's one of the Rise of Skins, which is just okay. kind of bizarre. Hmm. That, uh, cool. <laughs> there he is, off in the Americas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. If I don't yeah. know much else to say. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, that's it. If, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, or Unless you don't want to, in which case. <laughs> and then, yes, then you, could, then you indeed can get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those keeping count, I feel we had a pretty good a pretty good SJW list there of top mm, 10. A lot about gender and, and race that's stuff. It. And yeah. Oh, yeah, we're awful, <laughs> awful cooks, the two of us. Not sure what that means, but I know it's a slur online. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I suppose with that, we will bid you adieu yeah, for the year. Uh, I'm not sure what the big things coming out soon are. Yeah. A lot of Marvel things, Black Panther. Black Panther, that's, uh, that's February, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there'll be something in the new yeah. year. Ah, they'll, they'll have to be. <laughs> no, films will stop. <laughs> no, they're done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last year of films. <laughs> oh. they're, they're finished now. You know, Disney really... bought them all and locked ah, them in the fridge. Okay. Well, in uh, that case, it was, a, it was a good last year. I so. think it was pretty all right. It wasn't yeah. bad. I don't know. Anyway, well, thank you for listening yeah. for the past year. Please continue listening in the future. Uh, yes. we, we like knowing that your ears are open to the things we say into mm. them. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I think the image we should leave you all with is, uh, you know, Boom. pick your image of either the peach scene <laughs> or the fact that Sarah genuinely believes <laughs> that that fight was a yeah. big old sex scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which it probably was. So, <laughs> on that note, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and see you in 2018. Yeah, happy films. Happy, happy, <laughs> happy films. films. <laughs>